What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar with the great guru. Make sure to subscribe to the Rugby League Guru podcast on all your good podcasting apps. Also, follow his Instagram and Facebook. Brought to you by the best beer in the country, the beer of sport, Bloke in a Bar beer. Get down to your local, grab a case. It's a beautiful, easy drinking beer. Had a few on the weekend, and I'll tell you what, they went down an absolute treat. The season's coming up soon, so get in early. Get the stock in early. I think it's like four to four or five weeks until All-Stars. So get down to your local, grab a case. It supports the platform, and if you want more content or if you enjoy the content, if you want to sit in your car or you go to the gym and you listen to podcasts for hours, try supporting the platform by going and grabbing a case of Bloke in a Bar. We talk about the last eight of the 16 clubs. We go deep. Big deep into all of the squads, uh, the last eight of the squads. We also talk about the latest news, the dolphin signings. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. I have my main man, the guru, Gurino, if he was from Italy, Guracci, if he was from Greece, but just the great guru if he's from Australia. How are you going, brother? Good, mate. I've definitely been called worse. So yeah. Can wear that one. Yeah, look, if you've been called, I've been called probably an infinite times worse by the people that love me the most. So imagine what people that hate me say. Called much worse by much prettier. So, Mate, how was uh, your weekend? Yeah, it was all good, mate. Uh, I actually was down at uh, Coogee Bowling Club, saw a lot of bloke uh, yeah. and dribblers. Oh, really? Their work, a heap. Yep. So how was that? It was unreal, yeah. I, I don't leave wearing. the house, so I don't know. If you're wearing bloke, sorry, I haven't seen it because I haven't left the house in fucking no, I went for years. a rare venture out of the house and yeah. they were everywhere. Were you like, when you walked out the door, you're like, oh, fuck the light. <laughs> Mate, uh, well, I had a great weekend once again. Didn't ask. No one gives a fuck. That's okay. Um, took the missus to a nice dinner on, on uh, Sunday night. Wine and dine. I'm a wine and dine, you know. I'm a bit of, I'm smooth, Guru. I'm smooth fucking operator. smooth, mate. Yeah, absolutely. When, you, when you've got a face like mine, you've got to work with what you've got. And it's not physical. It's all mental. Let's just put it that way. Uh, the variant has changed again. The government messaged me, they said, you got to fucking isolate your two skits, can't. <laughs> and I was like, bruh, you can't fucking hold me down. Leave me alone. And they're like, no, everyone's getting two skits from the variant you're fucking spreading. And I was like, I'll get the fucking potty for the boys and the girls. Anyway, enough shit chat. Uh, we have some huge news, huge news. Oh, sorry, before we get that, brought to you by the beautiful bloke in a bar. As, you, as Guru is just, uh, a Gurino has just let you know, the people are loving bloke in a bar. So grab a case of bloke in a bar from your lo- local. 12 stores in the spotlight. Celebrations Diamond Beach, East Toongabby Cellars, the Bottle Hurstville Grove, DY Bayfields, IGA Plus Liquor Belmore, Steve's Liquor, all stores in Victoria, Steve's Liquor has it. Courtyard Esplanade, Cairns. I think they've got it on tap as well. Uh, and they've been supported since day one. So uh, shout out to the Courtyard and Esplanade Cairns. Have to visit there if I'm up there one day. Liquor Barons, Wembley, Downs in Perth. Park Ridge Tavern in Brisbane, Celebration Chisholm, Canberra, Westbrook Tavern, Toowoomba, Reef Gateway, Early Beach. Imagine having a bloke on Early Beach. Life doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. So make sure to grab a case. The best beer in the world, and it is the beer of sport. No other sport, no other beer in the world has given you this much dedicated sport content. So grab a case, support the platform. But we have some huge news, Guru. Guru. That's if you were Latin. Um, Dolphins sign Jesse <laughs> Bromish. Now, this came, like if you're a Melbourne Storm, punch to the dick, punch to the dick. If you're a Dolphins fan, you just knock someone out. Boom. 
Yeah, very impressive signing. Um, <clears throat> I was going through it the other day. I think there's four guys in this competition that have won three premierships. Mm. He's one of them. Huge signing for the Dolphins. I I compared it on my page the other day. I think it's similar to when Melbourne, their first signing was Glenn Lazarus. Literally the first thing I thought. Yeah, it's not. He's not going to be the best front rower in the game, but he's leadership-wise and everything. I, I spoke to Peter O'Sullivan on Friday night. Mm. And the first, all he said was two words, leadership sorted. Yeah, it's so true. And you know what's crazy? Guess who brought Lazarus to Brisbane? Yep. Wayne Bennett. So it's, he must, I wonder whether Wayne Bennett went back to, has gone back to when he started Brisbane and just gone over the recruitment, gone over all the little things he did. Surely, I mean, he probably did. He'd be crazy not to. Definitely would have. He's, yeah. Just gone, let's just repeat that. Uh it's so interesting. It came out of nowhere. The captain of the Melbourne Storm, the mighty Melbourne Storm. Do you think the only concern, the leadership sorted, the playing ability is sorted, but he will be 33, I think, by the time he gets there. Is that a concern for you? Or do you believe that the leadership is so strong that even if he's playing at 80%, not to say he will, it'll be worth it? I wouldn't say it's a huge concern. In saying that, I had uh, I had someone message me the other day and say, when you were talking about Melbourne last week, you mentioned how old Jesse Bromwich is, that he's getting older. Mm. I thought, yeah, fair enough. So I had to cool. backtrack there a little bit. Yeah. But I think this signing, if he if he plays for a year, I think his job is done. Mm. I think his job will be done in that pre-season. It'll be done Monday to Friday. It'll just be setting standards. Yeah. I You know... Are there better players than Jesse Bromwich? One hundred percent. Are they got like? I think there's an argument that he's the most experienced player in this competition. He's played close to three hundred. He's won three premierships. He's been in trouble. He's come out the other side. He's played rep football. He's been under Bellamy. He has seen the big three come and go. What hasn't Jesse Bromwich seen or done? And been through the salary cap drama. He he would have been in the club as a rookie around that time. He's played uh, in five grand finals. He's won three. In your defence with uh, Jesse Bromwich is getting a little bit older, that's relative to Melbourne Storm, the number one team in the comp. Whereas, like, it's not the same as saying he's getting a bit older to a team that, A, has no big signings, no disrespect to the people that have already been signed. B, is trying to build a club. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. it's, it's, the context is different. Whereas when you look in a red-hot Storm pack... You're right, he, he is getting a little bit older. Has his footy been as explosive as it has been in the past? Of course not, but this is natural. Like the, it, It's almost a miracle that he's playing as good as he is with how much his body has been through. And I would argue that uh, you know a 34-year-old Jesse Bromwich isn't the same to Melbourne as what a 34-year-old Jesse Bromwich is to a new franchise. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a completely different conversation. I think, I, I mean, I heard Wayne Bennett talk about it. Mm. He is so happy with this signing. I mean... Any for, any young forwards coming to the Dolphins, you walk in day one and you've got Jesse Bromwich and Felice Cafusi. It's not bad. You're not there to fuck spiders. And like that, be... that, you at least know that forward pack is going to be tough. Yep, 100%. Like there's no doubt that they may not, you know, attacking flair, it's almost sometimes like a, just a natural gift in, in a sense. Like obviously you can work on it. But defence is all attitude. I know it's such a cliche and we all hear it, but it truly is. It's all attitude. You know, no one is really that much bigger, stronger, faster other than Jason Tamalolo in the forwards. Whereas, you know, you look at the Storm, when you go through all the Storm's forward packs, outside of Nelson Asafa Solomona, who has really been an out-and-out genetic freak? Dallas Johnson was a fucking battler. Cameron Smith, not a genetic freak. Jesse Bromwich, not a genetic... These are all... You know, don't get me wrong. They're athletic. Mm. 
Uh, and maybe I'm, I'm forgetting someone. But like even a, a Crocker, which we were talking about how it's really interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that next point. But he, he's, he's athletically gifted, but he's a mongrel. Yeah. Uh, and so when you look at Jesse going, going to the club, you can almost be a bit lighter in the forward pack when it comes to experience because you, at least you know that those guys' standards that they set like, whoever gets to a preseason with Jesse Bromis and Khalees, uh, for, for Kafusi, Fakusi, I was going to say, <laughs> for Gizzi, um, <clears throat> you know they're going to be hardened. Now. Just like you, you mentioned there how important defensive attitude is. Yeah. Who's holding the trophy? Yeah. Best defensive team that was battered and bruised, but they were the best defensive yep. team. Their, their attack was probably the worst it's been for two years in the finals. Yeah. But they had the, the best defensive attitude. And it's crazy because no matter how much we talk about the game opening up and all the new rules and everything like that, the cliche you hear every year, every year you're sitting there with your bloke in a bar beer, well, the last two years, sitting with a bloke in a bar beer and Gus Gould comes on and he says, oh, get that into your rookie. And then he says, defence wins premierships. But it's the truth. Defence wins premierships. I think as well with Jesse and we spoke about Melbourne last week. I was thinking about it this morning. This will be the third year in a row that the Melbourne Storm have farewelled their captain. Ooh. Smith, Finucane, Bromwich. That's so true. And what's crazy is they had a record year last year. It just their, their system is a world-class system. I, I, I know people listening, they're like, I don't want to fucking hear Melbourne Storm mm. system one more time. And that's funny because I get it. I, if I was listening, I'd be like, man, shut the fuck up about it. But I, when you look at a guy like Jesse Bromwich, everything's achieved. It's pretty I think incredible. Melbourne Storm system was on, on, on our uh, bloke slash girl yeah, I saw it. the other day. So. I saw it. It's so funny because like, I get it. it. It's hilarious when people, you know, take the piss out of us, and and it, they're absolutely right. They're absolutely right. You know, we I'm, I say in my opinion too much, and I say I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I do, but when you're speaking for hours and hours and on, and it's so hard not to say things over and over. I, I threw it to my girlfriend, and she goes, "You say so much shit, you've got off so easy." Yeah. I could add another fifteen things to this. <laughs> but so, it was funny. Call. It's a fair crack, and you're 100 percent right. We do say those things too much. Um, so, yeah, they signed Jesse Bromwich. Now, if you had to guess, what's really interesting is I haven't seen any estimation as to what the contract is. So this was so under wraps, so mm. under wraps. What are you estimating they got him for? I don't know. It's hard to – I would say fives. Yeah, I'd say five. I'd say five. I reckon, I reckon a good, two, good two-year deal, 500 – is it two-year deal? I think so, yeah. Two-year deal, 500 each year. That's a million dollars. Right off into the sunset over the Super League if you want. Uh, I don't think they would have paid much more for that because that's getting pretty risky, paying, yeah. you know, six, seven, four. And I, I had a lot of... I, I had a journalist that I won't mention who messaged me when I was positive about it and said, oh, here is his running numbers for the last five years. They've gone down. I just said, doesn't matter. It's not about... This signing isn't about stats. It's about standards. It's about getting a winner into your system. That's end of story. Yeah, it's about having a coach on the field. It's, I mean, how many times, and this is a Broncos fan, but how many times when we were, remember the dire straits, we had blokes crying after losses. They were that devastated. How desperate were, would have we been for Jesse Bromwich on that field to get behind the try line and say, all you young fellas, yep. pull your heads in. We need to get this. I'm not pull your heads about the crying. I, you know, I like that they cared that much. Like, oh, I'm not having a crack about that. What I'm saying is, is that's, how, that's how bad it got. That's how desperate we were for an older leader. Yes, maybe he's not going to run a... Mil- Here's a perfect example. Payne Haas, his stats are fucking... We've never seen stats like that from Payne Haas. But he still doesn't have the leadership qualities yet. Obviously, he'll grow into it that Jesse Bromwich has. Yep. And, and you know, even with his stats, even with 
the the year that we, we've barely seen a, a front rower do what Payne Haas has done over the last two years, especially two years ago, even that wasn't enough to lift the Broncos out from the bottom of the table. So that's, that just goes more to your point of like, there's so much more to footy than stats, meters, all that kind of stuff. All of these little things like tying in, in defense, talking to your outside man, your inside man, communicating at marker, knowing how to get your spacing right around marker, knowing how, when to have line speed, when not to have line speed, knowing when to pull big hits off, knowing when to slow the play the ball down or let it flow. Like there is so many little things that, you, how do you measure that? There's yep. no measurement on Fox Sports. So I totally agree with you. It's intangibles at Kafusi. Like even Kafusi, like what are his numbers? Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be incredibly impressive. They're not like, but it gets the job done. Every single week, without and, a doubt. And also, the, another a factor about guys like Jesse and Kafusi is when you've got a team of really talented players that one week they play incredible, next week they play okay, next week they play really good, then bad, then okay, then really good. It's so hard to plan as a coach mm. because you don't know what's going to happen each week. Like, how do I plan solid game plans that we slowly build up? Good example is Trent Robinson. So I was... The year they won the premiership, I don't know if you recall, but they started the year terribly. And Is this 18? I think it was yeah, 18. Start, yeah, it was the year that Cronk and Teddy walked in. They start, they, I think they got done by the Tigers in yeah, the first and week And it was kind so. of like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, Cronk is going okay. Teddy, what happened to Teddy? And so Robinson literally went into his team system, threw everything out, still lost a few games, but kept saying to the boys, this will come good, trust me. This will come good, trust me. And then obviously they go on to win a, uh, win a comp. You can only do that if you've got a bunch of players that can play consistent footy. Um, and although, yes, they were losing, they weren't getting belted. They were playing consistent footy, but they just weren't up at that level they needed to be. And that's what's so important about consistent players is that a coach can go, I know the output they're going to give me each week, so I also know what I can goals I can set, where we can go with our game plan. Look, we don't have that much power, so maybe we need to be faster, all that kind of stuff. And like mentioning that, that exact moment you talk about where the Roosters started slow, Robinson made some changes. Like, I look at Jesse Bromwich, he's going to be the, the hard head in that pack. I think the Roosters, the turning point that season was the moment he moved Radley to 13. Mm. That's exactly – and I know Radley's younger and everything, but he was the hard head in that team. That yep. It just changed them instantly. And I I love this Bromwich signing. I think it's going to be unreal for them. I think it's a, it's a great get. Um, yes, there's better players in the comp. There's better stats. I don't need to hear it. I know. Yep. Leadership-wise, he's a winner, though. And also, let's talk about the context of the market. Who else are you going to get like a Jesse Bromwich for 500k to go to a new club right now? You know, you, you'd probably have to pay 700... You'd probably have to pay 800k to get Angus Crichton, you know, or... And, and that's not to say, like, Angus Crichton's a fucking absolute gun. Um, who else you got? You got Junior Paulo, probably demanding about 750. But that's the other thing. You look, I love Junior Paulo. Is he doing he also the hasn't won a premiership. Three premierships. Three. I mean, there's what? There's three teams that have won premierships in the last six years. There's not that many winners in this competition yep, anymore. For sure. Now, I, I um I think it's a great a great signing. Now, the only concern for me is age and luck. And what I mean by luck is, you know, he's clearly durable. But let's say he gets there and then his body just because we all have seen it, you know, where players get to a certain age. It could be 33. It could be 30. It could be 29. It could be 27. It could be 36. It could be fucking 300 years old like Cameron Smith, um, even though his body never started breaking down. But their body just starts to break down a little bit. That's my only worry. I'm not going to say – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I do think that, you know, every year that goes on, you know, that in, the chances increase. But I do feel that even if 
he didn't play that many games, his leadership is going to be so important to the next five years of the club that you can cop those little amount of games to build something solid for the future. If I had to pick a coach for an older front rower, mm. it's Wayne. Yeah. He might only train three days a week. Wayne yeah, knows absolutely. how to deal with this situation. I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly concerned with it, to be honest with you. And look, it's a two-year contract. If he only plays one of those years, I still think it's a successful buy. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay. Um, now on to more signing. Dolphins <laughs> sign Mark Nichols. What a, if this isn't a Wayne signing, I don't know what is. You know what I mean? It's, it's a battler from his old club. He does it every single time. He, he finds someone that he turns from a fringe player into a, a really impressive... Like Mark Nichols' form towards the end of the year was actually really impressive. Like it, it was almost to the point where you're going, he's nearly playing as good as Tom Burgess. And Tom Burgess, for me, is having some of the best footy of his career. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I thought Tom Burgess was their best front rower, but Mark Nichols went from a guy that was almost lucky to be on the bench to really making inroads against the premier sides and helping to a grand final. What are your thoughts on the Mark Nichols side? With all due respect to Mark Nichols, I probably don't think we know Mark Nichols if it wasn't for Wayne Bennett mm. walking into his career. But, you know, that's the reality of what yeah. Wayne, Wayne Bennett's ab- able to do. He's able to get the very best out of it. We've got to remember, Mark Nichols walked out of the Melbourne Storm system a few years ago because they thought they couldn't, you know. Crazy. like f- What Wayne Bennett's able to do, and this is why... You know, I am super successful. I'm super confident that he's going to be successful up there. I think it's a really good signing, and he's a locker room guy too. Yeah, he he's is. He's where you got all your yeah. experienced guys. Now you got your guy that, I mean, my favourite part of the year was every time South Sydney put out any content to do with Mark Nichols. Yeah, it was I unreal. Loved it. Absolutely. it was so good. Yeah, locker room guy for sure. Locker room guy, going to get the job done. Wouldn't have broke the bank. You know, you're looking at, you're honestly looking, what, so it was a two year deal. He probably. 300 a year, maybe even 250, which he would love. He'd be stoked with. It's unreal. Yep. Uh, and you know that he's going to go and rip and tear because he's given him an opportunity at the end of his career. I think it's a, another shrewd signing. Now, the concern still is, though, you need your game breakers. You need your game breakers. Uh, there is reports that Anthony Milford may sit the year out and then sign with the Dolphins. Um, you know, pending everything, if, if it all turns out, you know, that he's cleared of those charges i think that would be great obviously if he isn't cleared then that's a very you know poor it's a yeah it's not good um at all but uh assuming that you know if he does does pull through anthony milford could be an option for that sixth role which would actually save them a ton of money a ton of money for sure and you know along with milf there is you know we've been going through all these teams how many really quality guys are there that aren't making 17s at the moment mm. i mean they're oh. That there's going to be so many options for them to throw money at them. Yeah. As much as they don't have a superstar, and if you would have asked me six weeks ago, I was really worried. Mm. I was really worried that they hadn't learned anyone yet. I'm sort of, there is still going to be a handful of proper stars that I think they're going to be able to get over the next year. And um, talking to Peter O'Sullivan the other day, he said that they've got a lot of young guys that they're waiting to announce. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't know what young means, whether that means not in first grade yet or mm. young, but I, mate, there's so much talent in this competition that aren't in 17s every week, mm. that a call from Wayne Bennett will change their career, like, in do, an instant. Do you think they're still gearing up for a massive Ponga play? Ponga, Munster, Harry Grant, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure that there, there, there must be someone that I think they're reasonably confident they can because get their paws on. I do know that they thought they had Brendan Smith. As in, basically, had a meeting with him, 
they thought it was a done deal and then you know so they pulled back on a lot of things they were doing mm. and then obviously he decided to go with the roosters uh so it is interesting that that was their plan a um so it's going to be interesting so it, the way they're building their squad it's a very different conversation when you're trying to get an, a star nine to trying to get a star six star seven do you think that they've sat back and gone okay we need to recalibrate here we've missed out on a nine so now we need to spend them you know what i mean because yeah. squad building is so complex well like as much as he's not the best player in the competition i think a guy that i would be targeting now is cody nicarima he can cover nine and seven. I believe he's got some family up there as well. So he's a guy that I'd be going for. And then you can sort of start to work around him as well. Mm. Whether that means you target a big-time nine, but I'm not sure if there's any other big-time – you know, Harry Grant, if they could pull him away. But mate, that's the other thing. Melbourne's sitting on a ton of coin that they can throw around now. It's going so. to be interesting. The Harry Grant situation is really interesting because my understanding is he's a Queensland boy, obviously, and he, and he loves Queensland. And so that that lure of being able to come back to Queensland and when you're, you know, he's a very outdoorsy guy, I think he surfs, you know, so that's, it sounds like such a small thing like, oh, yeah, cool, he surfs. But that that lifestyle, going to Melbourne, when it it does affect you, you know, a good example is I'm from the Gold Coast, so I'm used to like thongs, you know, the beach and just very outdoorsy. When I went to New Zealand, it rattled me that yeah. it was constantly raining and constantly cold. I had to wear jeans everywhere. I had to wear shoes everywhere. And it sounds so pathetic and, and childish. But I'm telling you, like, if you're from a, an area where you're, you were brought up in a certain way, a lifestyle, like how many times do we see, you know, young Indigenous fellows that come maybe from Townsville and that, and they come down to Sydney and it's just not what they want. Yeah. Or, and me, I, you know, I'm a white fellow. I went to New Zealand and, and I, I was missing Gold Coast and Queensland so bad that I was willing to take a massive pay cut and and not take my second so i had two years with a third year option at the warriors i took huge pay cut to come back to the broncos just because i wanted to be happy and living in queensland and so it's really interesting with harry grant because i know it sounds like oh don't you just want to win prems and that and yeah true but lifestyle is so important it's why the canberra raiders have got so many english players or had so many english players it makes sense no, I agree 100%. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see that Harry Grant situation unfold. You know, do the Storm throw a mammoth contract at him or, you know, it, fuck, if they lost Cheese and Grant, fuck. Sort of circling back here a little bit to some extent, but do you look at this situation in Melbourne, everyone leaving? As Craig Bellamy maybe said, I'm on my way out here. I don't think he'd do that, that too to the, deep. I don't think he'd do that to the club. You know, I, I, surely he loves the club. Mm. You know, their, their whole mo is basically no one's bigger than the club. I think I think they've proven that time and time it's just again. So weird to see so many guys. I think, and I think we spoke about this off air or, or maybe on air. I think the Storm are really good at identifying when a player is about to hit a, a, a level that isn't what the Storm level is. You know, Dale Finucane, for example, he was their co-captain. Uh, and they, to my understanding, outside looking in, I've got no inside information, but it looked like they helped him find a good deal to free up money to keep the cheeses of their 13. And that's a big call that a lot of other clubs wouldn't have made, mm. a lot of other clubs. But the Storm seem to do it so well where they're so honest with the players with like, look, we don't see a space for you here. We've only got this amount. 
but we will try to help you get a get a new deal or whatever. And and Dale Finucane, although I think he's in a great signing for the Sharks, he hasn't played his best footy he's because of his injuries and mm. that for the last year or two. And so do you feel that, you know, maybe Stormer have kind of they've prepared for this, Jesse's getting a bit older, maybe it's that is the time. Because very rarely do you see the Storm hold on to a player for too long. Well, And this is the first time ever I've looked at the Storm on paper and gone, they don't look prepared for this. Mm. And I, you know, I'm confident I'll be wrong. And I'm not saying they're not prepared, but just when you look at their squad, it looks like they're not prepared to lose. No, I agree. Cheese, Bromwich. Like, it, it, it's a tough situation Kifusi. they're in. Kafusi, yeah, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of guys to bring in there and there's not a heap of strike in their extended squad, mm. but... As we know, Craig Bellamy can get the very best out of anything, anyone. Yeah. So I feel like we say it every year, but I, this is his biggest challenge. This is his biggest challenge. It really does. Like not only is he battling this next generation culture that seems to exist with the younger boys, which is is you know totally understandable. He's battling using losing truly his old guard. If you had to predict the next captain of Melbourne, is it Munster's time? Do we give it to Welsh? Do you give it to Harry Grant for the next 10 oh, I, years? I think, I think Welsh probably Welsh. is your man for, for another year or two, and then Cam's your man. I think that's probably the direction you go. I think that Welsh has been such a leader. When we, he's been their best front rower, in my opinion. Yep, yep, um, sure. And so I think that basically what will happen is Welsh becomes captain for the next three years, and then he probably gets, you know, the same, you know, probably gets moved on. Maybe I mean, I could be wrong, but... When you just look, at, when you compare it to, if they're willing to move Jesse on at 33, who's still playing, oh, thir- yes, at, when he'll be 33 when he moves, they're probably that's probably the age they start looking at forwards and going, looking at their numbers each year and mm. seeing how they're going. I think that I think Christian Walsh, they go, the um, the leader. It'll be interesting to see if Munster comes out this year and has the season that we're hoping he has, though. But like the problem with giving it him for 2023 is like, you probably want to see 24 months. Of it from him. Of the real deal. Yeah. 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 Rather than – because we know this next 12 months he's going to be ripping and tearing. Yeah. But will will he do it again for that next 12 months? Whereas Christian Walsh, I feel, is like a very smart option. Um, don't get me wrong. They could go Cam Munster and he could absolutely brain it. I actually thought a year or two ago I, I wouldn't have – before this drama happened when we kind of thought, oh, Munster has turned the corner and he's – he's um, and, and don't get me wrong, I think Munster had a lot of personal stuff this year that went on. I actually was already saying like, oh, maybe Munster could be the next guy. But I think this is kind of – it's just, it's just – he took two steps forwards and now he took a step back. Oh, I remember before this drama this year thinking – Munster's probably the next captain yeah, of Queensland here. Agreed. Uh, yeah, agreed. At Melbourne. Um, who, who's your next captain of Queensland? Whew, is DCE t- playing till he retires? That's a tough one. I mean, that that's, a, that's a really, really tough one. You know, oh, that's tough. Next captain of Queensland. Is it Walsh as well? What, Reese Walsh? No, oh, no, uh, Christian, Christian Walsh. Christian Walsh yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. It's a bold call. <laughs> it's a bold call. <laughs> Not my boldest, but still bold. <laughs> um, probably Christian Walsh because he has delivered in the Origin mm. Arena. He, without Christian Walsh, we don't win. Uh, we don't win the you know the greatest ever victory. You know. He's your first forward pick. Like he Definitely. truly, and he has surprised me. I didn't think he physically had it in him to mm. go that next level, uh, and. He truly did. Yep. He's he the line his line speed leading that forward pack against New South Wales in that third game, it was just like relentless, relentless. So, I think you're probably going to go with Christian Walsh. I think DCE, the only way DCE doesn't you know probably retire captain is if 
Sam Walker gets that spot from him. I don't think that'll happen this year coming. But the following year, maybe Sam Walker does take that jersey. Uh, again, you know, who knows? Another half could pop up or, or DCE continues to play some good footy. Or maybe Munster, in, not this coming year, but the following year. Because I, I personally believe that Queensland are a more dangerous side when Munster is the, the tip of the spear. Mm. Uh, I think DC is really good at laying the platform for Munster. But when DC is the tip of the spear, I think that it, it throws Munster off a bit and they don't work really well together. Put it this way. DCE can lay the foundation and be the tip of, tip of the spear to an extent, whereas I think Munster can just be the tip of the spear. You don't, he can lay the foundation, but not to the same ability that probably DCE can. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Interesting. I don't know what the answer is to that. Can't throw one more hypothetical at you? Yeah, We're getting further and further yeah, no, well, of course it be. But anyway, if DCE was to be injured for Origin this year, yep. do you go Walker or do you go Hunt? Oh, man. That's a tough, tough Do you go call. whoever would be better for Munster or do you like? I, I think you go Hunt. I think Hunt, you go Hunt. Yeah. And, you okay. just say, and you just say to Benny, Brucey, just lay the platform and let Munster attack. I thought he was Queensland's best player in game three last year. You know, he I, brained it. Like he was, I, know, like, I know that I'm probably wrong and I think he's a better nine than seven. He's a heaps better nine than seven. I, I don't think there's any fuck. denying it in any way, shape, or form. He's so good. Like, at nine, he is unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. He had one of his best years outside of his, some of his years at Broncos. Last year, four Dragons. He had one of his he's best great. years. Yeah, he was yep. great. But I love him at nine. And I know he wants to play seven, so I don't want to you know disrespect. When you're a player and you hear that, you're like, fuck, come on, bro. But I just love him. I think he's a good, a really good seven. I think he's a great nine. Like a great night. I agree. I, it, it, yeah, I had someone message me the other day and say, do you think Ben Hunt will lint back up with the Dolphins? And I sort of said, oh, I was pitching him in the seventh. Then I was like, fuck, if they signed him as a nine, yeah, that's that a, would that be would, unreal. That if, would if be he, unreal. If he linked up with Wayne again. It would also be unreal because, like, let's say you sign him as a nine, but you fail to sign a seven, but you've got, you've got a solid nine. You've got a Nicarima there. Exactly. You just chuck, you chuck Brucey in at seven. Yeah. That's interesting. Ben Hunt to the to the on a on a on a, a discounted deal. I tell you what, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Brucey, what's he signed? What year is he signed till? Um, I don't mind it at all, actually. Dragons have so many young halves coming through, and they and you just know they're not paying him a million a year again. Twenty three. Ooh, it's not a bad signing. He'll be what thirty one. About thirty one. Imagine if Wayne gets Milf and Hunt. And he could afford that because, like, discount. Of <laughs> and he'll make it work. You yeah. know he will. <laughs> oh my god! Could it be? Could a re- reunion of Milford and, and Hunt? Um, yeah, great signings. Great signings. Now, uh, I think it was yesterday. Peter Vlandis has come out uh, on Fox League, and obviously, there's been a lot of chitter chatter about the rules and all the changes and blah blah blah. Uh, and as you guys know on the podcast, I'm sure you spoke about it well on podcast for quite a while now. I've been saying that this six again rule, because it wasn't tested in New South Wales Cup, we didn't, and in Queensland Cup, we didn't give it time to see how coaches would exploit it. And so coaches were going, "All right, if they're in their own end, we'll give away an extra tackle, and we'll just tackle one more tackle." But the, the difference is, is that if we just like honestly absurdly lie on the ruck, so much so that our whole line is set, 
then the the attacking team loses that whole set because we it's look at the grand final look exhibit what, a yep. exhibit a penrith panthers just said fuck it we'll be offside we'll line them and the first two tackles will do that if we get pinged we're happy to make an extra tackle and for so long i was constantly saying how much as an attacking team would you rather you get a penalty on your first tackle and then kick the ball 40 meters out now you're in an attacking set it, it was like it, it seemed so obvious to me and, it, and that was the the issue i had with the rule changes that they didn't give it enough time to test it in reserve grade but anyway they the rules happened which i'm happy they did happen because i thought the wrestle was killing the game so vlandis has come out and said we want to consolidate the rules now they need they now need bedding down it certainly opened the game up to be more entertaining and brought the brilliant players back into vogue vogue means into fashion people uh, without the rule changes, I don't think players like Sam Walker and Reese Walsh would have had been as dominant as they were. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Because, um, like, Reese Walsh and Sam Walker dominated all through the lower grades with those the old rules. It didn't hinder them, but it wasn't the sole reason. Yeah, no. I think, I think Sam Walker kills it and Reese Walsh kills it in any um, yes. capacity. Uh, anyway, the only rule changes we're going to make is that when you're inside your own 40-metre line and a defensive team is offside, it won't be six again. It will be a penalty. Teams were giving away six again to keep the pressure on the other team. We want to eradicate that. If you give away a penalty and they get themselves out of their own territory, it takes away from that. That's the only thing we're looking at. In any sport or industry, you've got to look at ways at improving. You can't sit still, but we've done enough for the time being. Um, do you... Thoughts? Nailed it. And all, just, to be, just for listeners, it is my understanding that the refs have a discretion to blow a penalty if someone is lying too long. So, like, a lot of people are like, well, it should have been for every, every infringement inside the 40, it's a penalty. But it, it's my understanding that the refs have the discretion of, like, that is so obvious that he's lying, penalty. Is that your understanding yeah, too? Yeah, that's my understanding too. And I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's a good change. I, yeah, I, I was worried watching that grand final that they weren't going to make a change. Yep. But I'm, I'm glad they have. I, I think it'll open up the game a little bit more. Um, and, you know, like I love that grand final. It was a great game. Yeah. But good God, it was hard watching the bunnies come out of their own end. Oh, they could They literally... They couldn't. It ha- they haven't looked like that all year. Yeah, 20 metres, they'd make yeah. max. Yeah. And, max. you know, as you said, lie down, six again. We're going to bash you, put you on your back, that tackle, and it doesn't matter. It, does, it honestly doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. Like, and, and matter of fact, it's like it's almost even worse because... That first tackle is so slow and absurd that you, you just get absolutely battered that next tackle and then battered the next tackle after that. Um, and I actually like that it's not an automatic penalty for lying on, in the ruck coming out of your own 40 and it's at the ref's discretion because if it is fourth tackle, I do want six again. You know what I mean? Let's say yeah. I'm at my 30 and it's fourth tackle and they lie on the tackle. I want six again. I don't want to kick the ball out. It's my only worry that whenever the word discretion comes in, yeah, it's a grey area and they, you know, people will wait until there's a discretion call that doesn't suit them and then lose their heads. But that's just the reality of it. I honestly game. think that they'll be saying to the refs, look, if it's on the first or second tackle, just blow the penalty. Yep. If it's third, fourth and fifth, it's up to you. Um, you know, so, yeah, going to be interesting. But I... I Look, I'm glad they made the rule change. A lot of people are saying, oh, too many rule changes, too many rule changes. But when you actually think about the thought process of this rule change, it actually doesn't complicate the game for the players. It only complicates it for the referee. And what I mean by that is the players still have two options, lie on a player or not lie on a player. Uh, Whereas the ref, they're the ones that it's a little bit more complicated. Am I inside the 40? Yes, I am. It's a penalty. 
I can't wait till he gives away his first penalty on the 41 meter line and everyone loses oh, their mind. No, I was thinking about That'll the same fun. thing. I was thinking about the same thing. I was like, oh no. We don't apply an inch of common sense. But there'll be like there'll be like replays, like try replays. Yeah, look where his foot is though. Yeah. Fuck. It's like, come on, guys. Miss me. Look, it's close. It's the red line. It's there. Um, going to be interesting if like if if defensive teams will go. They're over the 40 boys. Let's just line them. Uh, that'll be really interesting. And well, mate, I, uh, you know, I've been saying it for years on my podcast. The NRL, when Craig Bellamy decides he's had enough, they should hire him just to come sit in oh, their yeah. room yeah. and say, help us. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not smart yeah. enough to work out how the coaches are going to take advantage of this, but they'll find a way. Yeah. In 18 months' time, we'll be having another conversation why this didn't work and why we need to change something else because Bellamy, Robinson, Hasler yeah. just absolutely take it for a piss ride. I will say my only other big concern is play on their defensive try line. Uh, mm. I do feel that a lot of teams are just like, fuck it. We'll just, we'll just, because we've got our, you know, set defensive line, we're on our line, we'll just keep giving penalties away until they don't get And it sounds weird, but it's the easiest place to defend. Yeah. Because you're not, you, like, you've got to consider you're not going back 10, you're not on your back foot. Yeah, bang, It's a training drill. You're yep. set, you hold your line. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that is my concern where I, I honestly believe, like, I, I hope they test it. I hope they test it in New South Wales and Queensland Cup. But, like, if you give two infringements away, I think third infringement, five in the bin or something. Something to deter just penalty after penalty after penalty. I, I, it does my head in when the ref's like, don't do it again. Another penalty, don't do it again. And he's like, bro, that, like, the momentum is totally shifted now. They didn't score. Their, t- their head's down now, and all of a sudden, there's six points that they could... It turns to a 12-point turnaround. Um, so I hope, hopefully they look at ways at eradicating Which, which like, I think everyone would agree with that until, you know, a, a front rower gives away three penalties, and then on the fourth one, your halfback gets sent off. Yeah, for sure. And then it's carnage. But in saying that, fucking... Yeah, yeah. TS, it's a team yeah. sport. You cop it. Yeah. You know, go, don't blow up at us. Blow up at your front rower that just gave away fucking three penalties. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Look, I think fans will always, you know, we'll all, no, I, I shouldn't say fans. We all will always complain. Um, <laughs> we just, we love that shit. I feel like after, and you know, you'll be the same after being on social media for so long, it's like you've got a sixth sense for what is going to be the issue. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like you see it coming from a mile away. What grey area is going to screw us over here? Yeah, for sure. And also you see the, um, you see the rise and fall of players' love. So, for example, like it, it happens every time. Young gun comes in, everyone loves them. They're the greatest. Couple of years in, they're still killing it. Nah, he's, 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 he's overrated. He's shit. He's this. Perfect example, Penrith Panthers come in, they shake the comp up. <laughs> everyone loves them. Look at the swagger of the new boys. Look at the new breed that they're bringing in, the energy. It's all different. Fuck yeah, Penny Panthers. Next year, arrogant, cocky. Like, who do they think they are? The year before that, Canberra Raiders, the underdogs, up the fucking milk. Like, yeah, the boys are going to get the job done. The next year, they're, you know, they're rough. They're, got, you know what I mean? It's just like every single time. Anyway. I remember when Cam Munster was like Joey because he got on the beers and played footy. And a year later, everyone's like, yeah, he needs to get off the drink for that. <laughs> yeah, sort so. himself out. It's like, fuck, what? You do realise yeah. that he was on a bender before he had that crazy, like, this is what he does. And he uh, was the most popular guy in the country for a week yeah. there. 100%. Uh, oh, the beauty of rugby league. We're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. Now, uh, we will get... Oh, Panthers re-sign Edwards. Look, I, I mean, this is a by-the-numbers kind of thing. Like, he suits their team perfectly. Doesn't break the bank. But he actually... His stats, especially towards the end of last year, were actually getting close to, like, Teddy's stats. 
I was having a look at the Panthers' record the last two years. He's lost four games of football in two years. Wow. Two of them were in origin-affected teams. Uh, you look back at that final series, who was the only Panthers player missing in week one against the South Sydney Rabbitohs? Wow. Dylan Edwards. He's so important for their meters in the start of their season. Came back in the next three weeks. Cleary thought he was going to get injured every single week, mm. and he killed it for three weeks, and they, they won out to win a premiership. So Yeah, I think it's a great signing. And I just... When, like, when you're the Panthers, you're almost like, oh, fuck, we're blessed because we've got this fullback that isn't going to break the bank, but we know we can win premierships with him. It's very Luke Patton. Mm. You know what you're getting every single week. He's loyal. He's consistent. You know he's not going to play Origin. You know he's not going to – you know, he's going to be there every single week and you're going to get value out of him every yep. single week. Absolutely. And, and he has – we can win premierships with We've him. We've shown we can win yeah, premierships Like it's him. not, you know, a lot of teams you look at and you look at their fullback and you go, like even, I don't care how good the rest of their team is, I don't, they can't win a premiership because their fullback is just not electric enough. Yeah. Whereas you look at, like Edwards has proven, you know, obviously Cleary did a lot of heavy lifting, but that, that doesn't matter. Team's they, a team sport. Like that, they've always, I think, I think people forget when Matt Moylan was at his absolute best, mm. this kid debuted and they moved Moyes at a six. Like yeah. they've always had... Dylan Edwards yeah. held in very high regard. I think it's a great story, especially for a guy like Dylan Edwards when you've sure. got Stephen Crichton in the team. For sure. Everyone wants Stephen Crichton at one, but they don't lose with him. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I feel like Crichton can be a weapon in other Anywhere. positions. Yeah. Literally any other position, he can impact the game, the grand final. Put it this way. Let's say they had a swapped Crichton to fullback and it was on the wing. He doesn't take that intercept. No one else takes that intercept. Literally. Other if, if, if Crichton was playing fullback the entire final series, I think they lose him week two. Yeah, that's true. Like he, he had in every position that he played in was when he was yeah. out in the wing. He took an intercept in every game that was d- decided the match. Yeah, and a couple of try savers too. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you remember, Matty. You'd remember that game against you guys, week one of the finals. He killed it too, Stephen Crichton. I think he scored two tries. He was unreal. Yeah, didn't win the game. Edwards walks back in. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 such another perfect example of like. Sometimes the best player isn't the best player for that position. Yep. You know, if you were going to pick a side, you would probably pick Crichton at fullback. But what he has to offer in other positions and the balance of the side, Edwards suits it better. He just, he just does, which is, which is crazy because, like, I think Crichton is so fucking talented. I think he – it's going to be really interesting because I'm, I'm not surprised they kept Crichton because he seems like a very loyal t- to that group. But he's going to want fullback money eventually. 100%. He's not going to stay on the And he deserves money. it. He absolutely deserves yeah. it. Absolutely. Like, he, he's so good in my eyes. In a couple of years, if he continues developing the way he is, I can see a 700K contract given to him. Easy. Easy. He just came up with, I'm, I'm going to say, a top four grand final play ever. Yeah. So big. Fuck, it was big. And, and it was so good because it happened in the games before. Yeah. So it was like, that wasn't a fluke. This was a guy going for a play that he's good at and only he can do and he did it. In the grand final, remember it. his debut? He ran on the field oh, and yeah. scored six seconds yeah. later. That was fucking mental. That was mental. Um, actually, there is a. a, a I, I got this wrong too. I actually don't think that was his debut. It was his first game for the year? Can you look that up? Um, I'm not I, as confident now. You say that? Yeah. No, because I remember getting pizzled in the comments section. Oh, of course, you did. Not his debut, and I was like, oh fuck, sorry, bro. Um, like, Bloke and Abara has gotten su- into such a place now. And I look, it's... it's. You're actually right, too. He played the year before. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Well, I'm not right. The guy that the guy, pizzled yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, the guy that pizzled me that was right. Yeah, he played four games the year before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, look, hey, I'm just passing on my fucking trauma, all right? I, <laughs> um, but what's really interesting now is, like, now I'm getting into a space where, like, if I don't post, like, 
you know, an Oz Open thing, there'll be someone that's like, why the fuck aren't you posting this? And like, if I don't post a like, you know, and it's just like, bruh, like you do realize there's one dude doing this, like, um, but it's in saying that, like I'm, I'm extremely lucky for Like you'd rather have that than not have that. Uh, but sometimes you're like, am I allowed to take the missus out and actually live a little? Uh, anyway, um, <coughs> in saying that, fuck, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Extremely lucky to have it. Yeah. I used to be on a fucking work site covered in coal. Covered in coal. Guro. Gurino. Gurichi. Can you imagine me on a work site covered in coal? I don't think you could. Uh, I'm struggling to picture it. Couldn't imagine myself there. I can tell you that much for free. Fucking hell. Uh, anyway, now we are on to the uh, final eight teams. The deep dive into the top 30 or their top squads in general. We have this year is our year. The great... New Zealand Warriors. Average age of their second row is 25. Average experience is 39. Average age of their props is 25. Average experience is 58. Hooker. Average age is 21. Total experience, uh, sorry, average experience is 23. Lock, average experience is 91. Average age is 27. Fullback, uh, average age is 23. Um, average experience. Uh, sorry, average age is 21. Average experience is 23. Wing, uh, there's four players there. Average age is 22. Average experience is 40. Centers, average experience is 56. Average age is 23. Halves, average age 27. Uh, average experience, 128. I like that. Um, thoughts on the Warriors squad going into 2022? I actually really like their squad. I think they've built really well over the last few years. Um, I think Phil Gould and Peter O'Sullivan did a really good job building this side they've got. Sean Johnson comes in as the, the chef's kiss. I'm so excited to see him. <clears throat> I know he's been there before, but they're two different guys. Mm. Two vastly different footballers. Playing style, mentally, oh, everything. Everything, everything. He's like, like oh, I would put SJ and Christian Walsh as sort of like voices of the players right now. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've been so impressed with the character arc of Sean Johnson mm. over the last few years, and I can't wait to see him back there. How good would it be their first game back in New Zealand with SJ in the seventh? Oh, and they get the win. Yeah, unreal. Far out. Unreal. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. He, his ability to, to come through the other side of just absolute insurmountable pressure and, and uh, not backlash from the fans, but there was a period there where just he was just getting hammered. You spoke about the roller coaster of players. Like, remember when he debuted 2011? Oh, yeah. Superstar couldn't do a thing wrong. Then yeah. it was five years of absolute trash. He went to Cronulla. People gave it to him. He killed it there. Yep. He's probably, he's probably an injury away from winning a Daly M. Realistically. Yeah. Especially that, that when he did his Achilles. Was it? Was it his Achilles? Was it nineteen did? or twenty? I think it was twenty. Against the Raiders, I think yeah. he and they they probably would have made the finals if he was still playing. They were winning the game, weren't they? And then he anyway. Um, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think the only thing that hurt him at the Sharks was injury. Yeah. It's uh, the only thing that hurt him. Outside of that, he was playing some really mature footy. Now, I've got so much respect for a guy like SJ because how many times have we seen a young superstar come in, kill it, then the, the weight of negativity that, you know, if they have a few bad years, just absolutely decimates their confidence. SJ has managed to not only completely change his game because his body clearly can't, you know, do the stuff that it did when he was younger, he's managed to become a good, solid, almost foundational laying seven. Like, he lays foundations for, for his team and his club if he can say injury-free, they're, they're a different side. They, they truly are. And, and I love that he's gone back to New Zealand. 
I think that's the best way for him to end his career is with the Warriors. And I think that because he's been through so much, he will be able to help guys like Reese Walsh, um, you know, all the young fellas coming through, even Chanel to an, to an extent. Um, yeah, I think it's such a good signing. Speed just he should have. I wish he never left. And I know that it was because, you know, the club kind of moved him on rather than him wanting to leave. But he's the kind of guy that. When you talk about how do we compensate clubs so they can keep players as one club players, you wish he would have stayed at the, the Warriors forever. In saying that, the growth that he had... Yeah, he's not the Cronin, same bloke if he stays for me. Yeah, so, so you, you, could argue, you could argue that the, the getting away was the best thing. Um, but, you know, it would have been good to see him be a one-club player. Would have been good. Yeah, I, I think what you mentioned there, the impact on Maurice Walsh is going to be sensational. Mm. I can't wait to watch these two play alongside each other it's going to be so exciting yeah i I, I can't wait to see it and you know i know people think it's ridiculous but if the warriors win a comp in the next two years letting sean johnson go will be one of the best moves they ever made yeah they bring back a new guy yeah oh totally even if they you know make the finals and you know go a little bit deep into the finals you know they get to a a prelim or something you could argue that it was the best decision they ever made I, i love too that like from what i've gathered he was almost signed and sealed to go to canterbury yeah, Gus Gould nearly got him there. Pretty much. I, I think he was going. Yeah. I think he was just about done. And then he got in contact with the Warriors and was sort of like, from what I've gathered, I don't Actually, care. no, sorry. I think it was Gus that got him to the Warriors, I think, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, Gus had actually, that, that timeline play. lines up. Yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty sure he was going to Canterbury. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was going to Canterbury. Matt Burton, SJ? Would have been... Uh, mate, can, can you imagine the conversation we're having about Canterbury if you put S. John, Sean Johnson to that side? Do they get Reed Money though, if that he goes? Can they afford him? Probably not, but... Yeah, SJM. You, you get a premier halfback to partner with Burton. Yeah, I would. Yeah. SJ. Anyway, he's at the Warriors. Yeah, I yeah. think he's going to do very well. I love the Warriors squad. Um, I love their forwards. So, like, mate, if you have a look at that list of the of their second rowers and their front rowers: Katoa, Curran, Sirinan, Murdoch, Masilla, Murchie, Fanua, Blake, Lodge, Afoa, Penne, Jackson, Fry. We don't even have you and I. I think we got you and Aiken in the centres because he he's going to be a there forward now. now. He's, he's a, a forward now. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is stacked. Mm. I've been so impressed with Bailey Sirinan. Ben bernock masilla has been great. They're, they're not going to be in the starting pack. Josh Curran's improvement oh. was so massive last year. And I just loved the way he played. Just ripped and teared every single game. And it was kind of like one of those situations where you saw him play. We see it all the time. Like, this, this guy comes in and he plays like five, six good games. And you're like, oh, look at this little fucking ripper and tear up. But then he goes a bit quiet. But he just kept getting better. And better and better. I watched Josh Curran a few years ago playing reserve grade. Um, yeah, maybe it's a blight on me, but I honestly did not think he was that special. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think he'd last in first grade that long. What he did last year was incredible. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I, I think that with him and you and Aiken, I think they're both going to suit Sean Johnson so well too. Yeah. Ash Taylor, is the other one that stands yeah, out. Yeah, no, Ash Taylor. Well, I, just just quickly on that four pack though, I don't know Blake. <laughs> The quality of his front row performances are so high. And if he was playing, I mean, when he was at Manly, he was becoming a big deal. But if he was still playing in Australia, he would be, you know, constantly talked about top three forward. You know, every stint he has is is such an elite level of, of, of footy. Um, I really like what he's doing at the, the Warriors. Matt Lodge as well. I, I, I still think Matt Lodge has, has got a bit in him like, in the sense of, a bit of improvement. I think that, like, obviously everything he's been through and, you know, the negative things that he's done and recovered from, I don't think the Broncos was probably the best environment for him. It was because it's... At it, that time. It was, yeah. yeah, at that time. Now it would be different. 
But it was so toxic these last few years. The Broncos, like, I don't know how any of those got like the men- the mental space those boys would have been in would have been so tough because it was so bad there. Whereas I think going to the Warriors is is going to take like don't get me wrong, he lost his head in one of those last games. Um, I just think that he's going to mature a, a quite a lot over in New Zealand and also out of sight in New Zealand. No distractions. You're just there to get a job done. I, I think that pairing, and then you're bringing Bunty off the bench, and then Aaron Penay is obviously in Storm. Penay is the one to watch. Yeah, could be anything. When you look at that bench, and you go, so you go, Fenor Blake, Matt Lodge starting. You've got Bunty and uh, Bunty and Penay on the bench. That's it's a strong forward pack. And then you've got Sirinan that may make the bench. You've got uh, Atkin uh, Ewan that will probably be on the edge. You've got Curran that will probably be. Would you play Curran at 13 and Harris at, at uh, 12 or 11? I was just looking at their side. Obviously, Tohu's out for the first half of the season. Yep. He's got his ACL. So, I, I would – I think when Tohu's in the team, I think Murdoch Masilla becomes a middle. I think okay. he sort of drops back to that other side. 13's an interesting one. You know, the other thing with this side is that they're going to have Ash Taylor at six, I think. Could you, you know, Chanel Harris-Tavita, he's a tough little bastard. Could you could you move him into the 13 jersey just to get him in the team? Oh, I don't man. He is tough. I just don't know the size. Like, if I'm yeah. if I'm an opposing forward pack, I'm just, oh, boys, run at, run at Chanel. Like yeah, that, run at Chanel, yeah. You know, yeah. like, for example, the first few sets, he'll hold his own. But when he gets fatigued and he's got big, big mm. boys running at him. I know what you mean, though. Like, the di- the dynamic element. I want him element, in the team somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, the, dy- the dynamic element element he could bring to their attack connecting between SJ, Ash Taylor Reese Walsh would be pretty incredible Yeah, but based on what we saw last year I would love to have Josh Curran at 13 but mate, I just thought he was so good on an edge mm. It's hard not to So what, you keep to, to Vega at, at 13? Mate, that's how, I, I'm, I don't know if I've got a spot for Jazz and he's the toughest bloke in the football team mm. mate, I, I love him in defence and I love the attitude he brings it's just the ball playing that with the modern yeah. game I, I, that's why I say, like, I feel like Curran probably has a little bit better yeah, he's ball probably, playing. Yeah. And I feel like they've got enough big boppers to run those edge plays. I don't know. It'd be interesting. The good thing is they've got options. Got so many options. So many options. I mean, Tohu Harris, their best <coughs> forward, is out for the first season. And I've got to tell you, I'm not overly worried. They'll even be though, okay. Even, even though, though he's, he's a gun. He is, yeah. like, so underrated. It's criminal. Yes, yeah. He's, like, so underrated. It's criminal. But you, you're, you're right. Like, it's not... It's not like last season you could almost be like, oh, shit. Whereas like they've just developed such a good forward pack over the last couple of years. Uh, Reese Walsh, I think, is going to be fantastic. Uh, you look at their outside backs. Look, that, that's probably like one area where they had been always so dominant is they'd always have good wingers mm-hmm. and these kind of like almost the best wingers in the comp. Now, you know, with Tanny Zalesniak, you know, on his day, can be one of the better wingers. Do you feel that their wings aren't as exp- now they've got a couple of really good young fellas but we haven't seen them kill it um i think the guy at the bottom of that list i think the last name is pronounced vla yep i think he's going to be something special okay I know, I know peter o'sullivan was very keen on him when he got him yep um i also think rocco berry i love rocco. the surface with him love yep. rocco berry he he has got real ability and i think it's great they've got dwz there too yeah man oh, it's just these errors like if you could just cut mm. the errors out of his game, like he runs, he's absolutely he runs so hard. He always gets through so much work. Um, 
I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to have a good year. Especially with SJ there now. Yeah. There's not much better real estate than the right wing outside of SJ. Yeah. That's where you want to be. I think DWZ is in for a big season. You're right, there are errors in him, but fuck, I reckon he's the last back in rugby league I want running at me. Oh. And and the, the good thing about a guy like Dallin is he's not going to cut it ever. Ever. There's very, very rare games where... You know, he's not having a crack. You can fix the errors. You can, it's all just concentration. That's honestly, errors from outside backs in tackles is, you know, sometimes you're going to get hit perfectly and you're going to drop the ball. That, that is, you know, given, especially when you run as hard as Dallin. But most of the time, errors with outside back, it's just a lack of concentration. It's that split second where you stop thinking about carrying the ball. Um, so I think Dallin can fix that. He's only 26. Well, that's the other thing I love about him. You're right. He could take the first eight hit-ups and drop all eight of them. He's going to take the ninth one. Yeah. Yep. He just – I do love that about him. Interesting, interesting. Do you think Reese Walsh, second-year syndrome, or do you think he, he, he propels forward? With SJ there, I'm a lot more confident. Mm. If SJ wasn't there, I'd – I love Reese Walsh, though, so I will I'm, – I'm openly biased because I'm a huge fan of him. Um, I, I actually think that – and. In a weird way, him getting in trouble at the end of the season. Oh, it's the best, be the thing, best thing, happen. thing to have happened to him. The negative for me, and it's not Reese Walsh's fault, um, he's shown a tendency to bite back at a lot of niggle. And so, you know, when you're an NRL team, you identify this and you go, yep. Oi, Tony Carroll, fucking have a crack at that bloke. And it's, you just send your dogs after him. So he's got to find a way to realise he is going to be battered. And you know who handled that kind of shit last year really well? Sam Walker. Mm. He would constantly get battered, but he never really engaged in, in the niggle of it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's double-edged sword. You want Reese Walsh yeah. competitive. You want him fucking jumping in there and, and yipping and yahooing and all that kind of stuff. But I think the coach has got to sit him down and be like, mate, this season you are going to get targeted so much. You're fucking such a good player. You're, you're a good sort. You're a pretty boy. You've got the world at your feet. If there was a person that God created for mongrel footy players to fucking want to niggle, yep. it's Reese Walsh. A pretty boy, that's a superstar. So that's, I feel like in this season, he's just got to, it's going to happen. You've got to accept your fate. You're going to get niggled. You're going to have late shots. You're going to get players grabbing your jersey, pulling you behind, stepping on your fingers, all that kind of stuff. Now, look, I was nowhere near as fucking... Uh, Definitely not as good looking as Reese. That's fucking for sure. I was about to mention that. Oh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, it's almost offensive to put the same sentence. <laughs> but even even me, when I was coming through, people would say, fuck, you know, the similar things. They would step my fingers. They would niggle me because I, I was seen as not like a rough footy player. Mm. Um, I mean, I know, Guru, I know you look like, I know I look like a fucking hard cunt. I know I look fucking tough, but I'm actually not. Um, no, nah, but so, and it was just something I had to deal with. But, but he also, I mean... There was moments last season where front rowers had hit Chad Townsend after a kick and he'd run back and have a crack at him. Like yeah, it wasn't even them annoying him. Yeah, he, was just, he just got to not engage yeah, that because yeah. it's a target on his back then. Yeah, then it's sure. like, bruh, like it, it just, that's not your role in the team. Um, and it's actually, it's actually more mentally tough to disengage from that. Uh, so put it this way, if you're Melbourne Storm, you're niggling the fuck out of him. Like... You, every, every chance you get, just piss him off. Like, and, so, um, and that's all part and parcel of becoming a superstar. Like, yeah. this, is, this is me saying that in the hope that Reese Walsh does go to another level. Um, and I think, I think he will. I think he will. Just don't engage with the, the rough stuff. That's what you've got jazz for. That's what you've got 
Uh, I Adam couldn't Fnor, fight Ford. my way out of a brown paper bag, but if I had Adam Fanor Blake behind me, I would. That's fight what I mean. Anyone. Everyone's got different roles yeah. roles in the side, and and you can't you can't have your your superstar, your gun, the guy that breaks games open, mentally clouded with rage. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, again, I, I look. I'm not comparing myself to Reese. I'm just saying, with my experience coming through, it was just something that I, of course I wanted to you know bite back and you know whatever. You just got to disengage from it. I mean, I remember I remember prelim. So I was playing, you know, really well against the Storm um, in a semi-final. And, and Cam Smith to this day says it's one of his favourite games of all time because it was crazy. It's when Greg scored at the end and knocked us out, 2008. Um, and I was playing really well. So guess what Mick Crocker did? Just fucking head-hide me. Knocked me out. Like, pretty... Like, and that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's what you've got to deal with as a, as a smaller, nippy guy that doesn't look that tough. And that's where the Sean Johnson influence will yeah, be great for, for him. sure. For sure, yeah. um, it's funny. Like even even watching it to this day, it was just such a blatant head high, and it was. I, I'm, and because I'm pretty sure earlier in the game I'd scored a try through through Crocker, mm. and so yeah, he just said I took a scoot, and then I, I took one scoot and made a lot of meters. The next scoot, he just said, "Fuck it, pulse." I think I'd rather a bust than Mick Crocker. Oh me. man, but you know what? That's footy. He did his job. Like I wasn't. I, I got up. What's funny is like today I would have been off the field. <laughs> back in 2008, Lockyer, you can literally see him picking me back, like up by the back of my shirt, my, my like collaring me like that. And I'm like, <laughs> and he just like sends me back out to the wing. <laughs> um, but that's just footy, man. That's footy. You know, it's not, not the same anymore, but that's, you know, Crocker's the enforcer. Remember when Crocker almost killed Brett Stewart in that grand final? Ooh. Good God. Good God. Um, but but that, that's, there's certain roles in the team that you can play and, you, and you've got to allow your big dogs to do that. Yeah. You know, Adam's going to protect you. Jazz is going to protect you. Disengage. You can keep niggling me all you want. I'm going to score points and, and get, the, get the job done. So hopefully um, that happens. Outside of that, he's just – he's so silky. Remember his debut against the Melbourne Storm? Certainly do. Two tries And, yeah, he had one or two errors. But, like and, – and, and, yeah, he deba- debuted probably too early. Um, but still, to have that silk against the storm, very rare. I mean, look, how many tries did like like Tommy was struggling to to make, and that's Tommy Travojevic. And I'm not saying he's better, but you know what I mean. I think the other thing about that debut is you got to remember he spent the preseason at Brisbane. Yeah, he he'd known the blokes at the Warriors for three or four weeks. Two tries. He came on and moved Roger to the wing yeah. and played his best game against the Melbourne Storm, who tough, were on their way to a record. I got a tough question for you. If you could sign ten year deal. Reese Walsh or Jaden Campbell, who would you sign? Um, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Reese because I've seen more of him. Yeah. Let's assume that Campbell would have continued playing. Let's say he played twenty games as well as he played his seven. Yeah, in saying that, uh, we've said it a few times. I love that Jaden plays his best football against the best teams, but so does Reese. Yeah, so to Reece. be fair. Yeah. Um, the thing that I love about Reese, and I've said it before to you, is that when the game's on the line, he wants the ball 100%, in his hands. 100%, totally. He, he, no matter, uh, you know, there was that game against, I think it was Brisbane. It was in Brisbane against Tigers, I think. Right, he couldn't have hit the side of a bus with a football that mm. day, but when the game was on the line, he still wanted the ball. Totally, he I would, love I it. love that about him. Yep. It's going to win him more games than he loses Same him. with Sam Walker, similar situation. Yeah. Um, in answer to your question, I've got no idea. Yeah, tough call, eh? What would you do? I know you, you love both. I honestly don't know. 
Give me another year. We'll ask the question after a year. Can't believe you fucking asked me. <laughs> that's why I was asking it because I don't know. But like the thing that scares me about the Campbell thing, he's got that Campbell blood in him. Yeah. And that Campbell that. blood is something else. We forget Preston Campbell, how good that guy was. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, good signs for Queensland. Good signs for Queensland. Do you consider trying to get Reese Walsh in the Queensland side this year? Where? You got, you'll have Munster at six. I assume you'll have KP at one. Mm. Could you play him at 14, maybe? Yeah. I think you bring him in the squad, mm. no matter what. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he'll be... I mean, he's only one injury away from yeah. being in that conversation. You reckon, like... I felt like it just seemed weird that he went into camp and then he did his hammy, he didn't play. It's fucking strange. It was bizarre. It's it, very Queensland. Very, very strange. But, and then, but then he didn't play for the Warriors that week, so that kind of made me think, oh, maybe he did, but it was only one week. And I was like... It's your origin debut. It seemed like Queensland going, there's a game here, but look over here. There's yeah. all this shit going on. That's what here. I thought. And, yeah. and maybe, and again, I'm probably thinking too deep into it and, and whatever. But I, I truly thought it was, we were under the pump. We had so much drama going on. Let's get the kid in here, Wonder Boy, create a bit of drama, misdirect, misdirect, take the pressure off Queensland. Um, who who played fullback when he was ruled out? Who? Oh, man. Was it, uh, was it Brimson or not? No, no, it was because uh, so Brimson Sorry, got injured. Put you under the pump yeah, there. Brimson got injured game one. Oh no, Brimson was already injured. Oh, KP. oh man, who Brimson did... played the year before when the series was at the end. Who of did the... play fullback? It wasn't Cam Munster. What, was he brought in to play fullback, or was he going to be like on the bench? Or no, something? I think it was fullback because KP was injured. Because remember how KP was kept trying yeah, to come back I'm and then it kept a extending. Blank on who their one was. Valentine Holmes. Val. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Valentine Holmes. Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, Big uh, call to bring Reese Walsh in when you have got Val. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't... I, yeah, I'm not confident in saying that was all... Straining your hammy yeah, mid-season. You're a young 18-year-old 19, boy. 18, yeah. Never had hammy issues. You, you don't have a lot of muscle mass. What kind of training were you doing to strain your hammy? And you're only out for a week? And I saw no signs of it for the rest of the season. And also, I, there was no images of him limping off with ice. Like, no, you dodgy look, bastards. There is no I don't doubt know. about. Maybe that. I'm too conspiratorial. Maybe I'm a crazy person. Maybe I need to wear a tinfoil hat. Um, but it did seem a bit, uh, a bit strange. Now, uh, on to now. Look, this is uh, this is a tough gig. I, th- I think the Cowboys have a great roster. There's just something that's scaring me for this year for them. I hope Townsend can be the leader that they need in the middle, but let's go through their squad. Uh, we've got uh, second row, average experience, 38. Average age, 22. Wow. Prop, average experience, 49. Average age, 25. Hooker, average age, 26. Uh, Granville puts that up a bit. If you take Granville out, you've got two 23-year-olds, which is 23. And if you take... Cohen Hess out of the second row, which I'm pretty sure he's going to play middle. Your average age of 22 goes down to about 20, and your average games goes from 38 to probably 25. To Wow. Um, Locke, Jason Tamalolo, I think he's a front rower now. Uh, sorry, he always Locke. has been a front rower. Yeah, the front row playing in a 13 jersey. Yep. Uh, 25.5 is the average age of the locks. Uh, I think in today's game, you've got to play Cotter there. You've got to play Cotter there. Um, we've spoken, I think we spoke about this last I think year. he'll play Origin this year. You I reckon? think he'll be a real smoky. Wow. It's a big if call. If they play him at 13. Yeah. I don't know if it is a big call to be Like, if you've watched him play, he's an absolute weapon. 
He's just been injured. He has got. Or, he, he's someone messaged me the other day. After Origin I over like Jai Arrow at thirteen. Oh, I probably wouldn't have him at thirteen. I'd probably have him on the bench. On the bench, okay. But I, mate, because he can cover quite a few positions. Yeah, yeah. He, can, he can play hooker. He can. He's it's a big call. Big call, but you oh, know it's a big call. But I mean, it's fair. It's you not look too at the crazy. depth of the Queensland pack. Yeah, it's, it's true. It seems like a bigger call than what it is when you yeah. actually write down the names. Yeah, fair call, fair call. Um, let us know what you think in the comments section. Was that absolutely fucking outrageous? Has Gurio <laughs> gone off his fucking head or what? Um, no, no, it's it's, it's clip a, it up, Maddie. Clip it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in, in a year's time, so fuck. You know what's funny is uh, I had a similar situation uh, a couple of years ago. Start of the year, I was like. I wrote a you know a little thing about Lindsay Collins. I was like, if he keeps playing like this, he'll play Origin. Got pizzled in the comment section. Ended up playing Origin. Um, Got the receipts. You know, but you know, it's like I I actually I like if if people um, engage and like totally disagree. Here's my reasons. I I really enjoy that because there's pl- there's so many fans out there that have such a deep knowledge of the game that isn't appreciated. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the the our game or the NRL or whatever doesn't really respect how much of the game the fans really do know. Uh, I, I'm telling you right now, as an ex-NRL player, there are fans out there that have a better understanding of the game. I'm not talking about ins and outs, running lines, of the game than you know, a lot of NRL players. Considering the amount of information that all NRL players get from video sessions and everything, yeah, yeah. the gap between some of them and players is alarming. At yeah, absolutely. Um, even, even, okay, a perfect example is when we said, when someone was saying, uh, why are you not worried about the Sharks uh, with their half, but you're worried about the Knights and they don't have a half? Now, obviously, we still disagreed, but it was a really good point. Like, it, you know, no. it was a really good point. So, a lot of fans out there have some fucking great chat that I really do enjoy uh, engaging with. Now, um, not fans of me, fans of footy. Fuck, I hate the, hate the words like, like bloke and a bar fans. Like, it's just like, like no, you know, you just, we're just the boys, you know what I mean? And the girls, we're just a crew. We're a crew together, loving footy together. Um, fullback, uh, average age is 23. Um, average, Valentine Holmes is still only 26 years old. That's outrageous. And uh, he's actually come out and said that he wants to play centre. So you can almost guarantee him. So I actually think he could be a real fucking good centre. Yeah, he could be. I just but he's one of the best wingers in the comp. He's the best. He was the best fullback at one point. He's been best winger every time he plays for the last seven years. Now he's playing centre. Mm, that's a good point. I, and I, I think he can do well there. Hopefully they give him a licence just to roam. Mm. But you know what's uh, insane? Such is a if, weird career. If like, you put Valentine Holmes back on the wing, he becomes the best winger in the comp again. Straight away. Like other than Brian To'o, you just – he almost – like – what he was doing on, on the edge for Queensland and for Australia and for the Sharky, like yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Um, but I do think I do believe he could become a good good centre if he gets if if they utilise him correctly. If if he's just sitting out there defending and running shit lines, like as in not him running shit lines, but they're making him run the poor lines. God, it's hard for centres to dominate in teams that aren't going forward. Yeah, I know. It's and I I know that's the reality. Of this. Like if you told me Val Holmes is playing centre for Queensland, I'm worried. Yeah, I don't want anything to deal with that, but I don't know. I just that's hard. I don't know how. Yeah. You think Hamiso is ready for fullback? Probably not, but he probably is the best player there. Yeah. Ideally, I would want to play Drinkwater there, but they don't have someone else to play five eight. I think Dearden and Chad are probably I think a little bit too Drinkwater's similar. Drinkwater's like a fullback. He's a fullback. In fact, I looked at their website the other day. He is listed as a fullback. Fuck. I I actually don't mind Drinkwater at a fullback. 
Hamiso and uh, Holmes as their center, or Hamiso as the center, because like he's quite a big boy, like mm. tall wise, like when he fills out, and he's quite electric, like in ten meter spaces. Um, and if you went like an edge that was Hamiso Holmes, and then felt on the other edge with drink water at the back, I, I think that's quite a, a quite a potent edge. I was thinking about the other day, and we've said a few times that you know. All their problems are solved if Mick Morgan is still playing rugby league. Oh, I was thinking about the other day, could you imagine if Tamari Martin was still playing too? Like, that's the other thing. They lost Thurston Morgan Tamare in three years. Yeah. Yeah. And Granville is, you know, even though he rips and tears every week, he, he has, has struggled a bit the last couple of years. And he was such a key player in that, you know, he was one of the better players on the field for that grand final. Like, mm-hmm. without Granville, their, their go forward is nowhere near what it was Mate, in 2010. There was a period of time last year where he was their best fullback and centre. He's a that's fucking hooker. Wild. wild. He's a hooker that's coming. He's on the back nine of his career. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? You know why he was one of their best? And I'm not to, not to say that the other players weren't having a crack, but he was just having such a crack. He was having the biggest crack. Yeah, the biggest crack. Now, other players do have cracks, but you could just see that he just wanted to be in everything. He's 32. Um, crazy. Crazy. Uh so interesting. Oh, fuck, I just feel like their squad is. Um, oh, sorry, we'll keep going through it. Wing, um, the wing, their average age is 23, average experience 47. Uh, center, average age is 25, average experience is um, 80. I actually think Hiku is, Hiku is a great pickup. Mm. He's such a fucking good player. Halves, I've got Dearden, Chad Townsend, Ben Hanton, and Scott Drinkwater. I have average age is 26, average experience is 98. I. I look at their squad and it just seems a little bit unbalanced. Like it just, there's something about it that I feel is going to take a year or two to click and put in, put like, for example, their back line, outside of felt, you could argue they have no specialists in each position. Mate, I'm looking at their halves and their centres. I would argue in their halves, Drinkwater, Hampton, Townsend, did, and their best halves player for me isn't a half. Mm. Look at their centres. Val, Lume Lume, Hiku, Arcee. Their best centre, Val Holmes, isn't a centre for me. Mm. It's a very, it's a weirdly balanced squad, and I, I don't think, I don't think their recruitment or anything has been poor. I think they've just ended up in an awkward situation. They've been really unlucky. They have been unlucky, yes, without a doubt. Because they were banking on Michael Morgan playing for the next five years. Yeah. Um, and you, and what's crazy is you which put so Michael, they should have. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And what's crazy is you put Michael Morgan in this side. All of a sudden, Drinkwater's a fullback. Drinkwater's yeah, fullback. Townsend, Townsend and Morgan are great. You put, yeah. you put, put, you put Townsend at seven, Michael Morgan at six. He gets back to his running game, which is his, probably his best thing. Um, Morgan would be more suited to rugby league now than he was for the first 10 years of his career. Mate, if anyone wants to fucking watch a bit of rugby league porn, go watch 2017 Michael Morgan final series. It was some of the best halves footy I've ever seen in my life. It was a la Milford 2015. Uh, he was just unbelievable. And who can forget, who was the man? You know, I've told this story before, but some listeners may uh, not have remembered because you just don't care about me and you don't listen to my stuff, so whatever. I'm gonna, actually, you know what? I'm not telling the story now. <laughs> anyway, so you know um, Michael Morgan. I thought I was back home. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed. My misses all the time. So you fucking love me. I'm like, are you serious? I say it every day and I hug you every day. I kiss you every day. Fuck. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, fuck. Is this a rugby league podcast or a fucking therapy session? Just blokes talking about their misses and everything they go through at home. Um, but anyway, so Michael Morgan, that flick pass, what's really interesting is 
So they were doing the all through the week. They were obviously training, and he was he kept he kept training and uh, you know one hand out and flicking out the back, one hand out flicking out the back. Anyway, Matt Scott walked over and said, "Mate, if you're not going to do it in a game, don't train it because you're doing it out of your bad bad hand, and you're never going to flick out of your bad bad hand." Anyway, so it gets into the game. Guess what happens? One of the it is one of the most underrated, underappreciated grand final plays of all time. I personally, this might sound outrageous, I put it up with the Scott Sattler tackle. I put it up near the Benji Marshall flick pass. That's how big of a player it was, in I my opinion. I put it number one. I put it with Joey. It was, yeah, Joey Manley uh, down the short side. It, I put it up there. I don't know if I put it number one, but I just don't think, like, we never, get, we never talk really about it that much. Whereas we talk about Benji, we talk about Joey, we talk about Sattler, um, and rightly so. They were incredible plays. The, the defensive line shot up on Thurston. He flicked it out the back. Morgan got it standing still with his entire attacking line in front of him. He had to run in front of them to put them on side. And they had numbers. With a standing with a line set. Like they had – Broncos had numbers as well. He was he, – he, he, the timing and the ability out of your bad hand, I cannot tell you how hard it is to do it out of your good hand because he's left-handed. Mm. To do it out of your bad hand to, and to hold it just long enough to get Corey Oates to turn in Absolutely amazing. That's what I, you know, I've said that a few times on my podcast. People mention me go, oh, the defense was shit. It's like the defense was shit because of the play he made. Yeah. The players, the defenders are responding to what Morgo did in that moment. Because I, Corey Oates is thinking, oh shit, Reed's about to miss this tackle and Morgan's going to slide over the line or potentially. Like it's very easy to watch a replay in slow mo and go, why'd you fucking why'd turn you, in? Yeah. But could you, let's imagine, let's imagine a world where he doesn't flick past and he slides over the line. Why, people be blowing up at Corey Oates. Why didn't you wrap the ball up? Why didn't you wrap the ball up? Um, now, now, look, hindsight's, you know, beautiful. You can say Reed was going to make that tackle. Mm. But in that split-second moment, um, very hard to have the nerve to go, I'm just going to trust Reed and not, you know. <laughs> After 80 minutes of a grand final. Yeah. I, I would argue with that play and people are going to lose their heads, but... <laughs> I would argue that that play, because Morgan gets it from a standing start, not if I play the ball, I have it equal with Joey's play, but at least Joey had that moment at dummy half where he could assess. Yeah. But Morgan just got the ball. The ball was going left. Morgan yeah. didn't even think he was going to touch the pill. Well, he, I think when he was on my podcast this was years ago, he was actually gassed like behind the play because he was gassed and he was done. Uh, and, and also, we, we forget Thurston fended off Sam Thiday. Yeah, I mean, I mean... It, Fucking breaks me hard to talk about it because it was. I thought we had that one, but that play was truly incredible. Like, and from also from a player that's not a noted offloader, we're not talking about Kurt Gidley. We're not talking about, um, you know, Mark Gaznia. Yeah. We're talking about Michael Morgan who is flicking out of a bad hand. And just a few young players that I really like. Uh, Hillam um, Lukey, I think he's a gun. I love his attitude. He's a big boy, athletically gifted. I thought he brought a lot of uh, energy to the team. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai only played four games, but I thought he was really impactful. Yeah, everyone that I talk to from the Cowboys is raving about this guy. So I haven't seen a heap of him, to be honest with you. I watched his, I think it was his debut, and he wasn't the biggest or strongest, but he just had that ability to be in the right space, the mm. right time, break tackles, blind breaks, good footwork. Um, really, really like him. Uh, I really like him, and, and Hillam Lukey as well. I think he's fantastic. I like the winger too, uh, Tuolagi. Yes, he's yes. Strong. I actually thought they should have picked him in Queensland. It wouldn't have been a bad shout, yeah. Um, 
if I recall correctly, I, fuck, it's, there's so much footy you don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I thought he was really good. Um, Kyle Felt, talk about underrated wingers are just – if he's not one of the, the, the best clutch finishers in the game, I'm not here. If you, if you watch Cowboys footy, and I, and I know that he's had this last season, he had some up and down games. But if you watch Cowboys footy, the amount of games he has won for them with tries on like the buzzer or, you know, it, I, I would argue maybe in the comp, he's probably the most clutch. He's got a knack for it. Yeah, he's yeah. just there. Like whether it's a crossfield Shock bomb. Shock he scored the grand final try. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's definitely up there with, with the best uh, clutch wingers in the game. Um, and I almost feel like if he was at a Sydney club, he'd almost be a bit more appreciated. Um, kind of like he's a lesser underappreciated person than uh, I, I know. I know he struggled in Origin this year, but everyone struggled in that first game, yeah. so I don't think it'd hold against him. But he's kind of like a lesser version of Daniel Tupu. I think. I think Tupu was like honestly one of the greatest wingers we've ever seen. He's just so quiet and humble and respectful. He's got three premierships. Anyway, we'll get to the Roosters. Um, look, I, I feel sorry for Peyton. I thought I had. I just and I, and I I know I'm repeating myself, but I just feel that Peyton went in with a very strong like I'm going to bring in my culture and everyone's getting on board. And if you don't get on board, I, I don't want to hear it. And I think that the the whole Tamalolo thing last year, it just I think that with a more experienced Peyton, he may realise. And again, this is all assumptions because like I don't know what the inner workings was, but maybe. It was like, but what Wayne does really well is Wayne does have double standards. Like, if you're a rookie, you get on board, you don't go out during the week, you don't, right. if you're the man, you're a gun, you get treated differently. And that's the way of the world. Um, and I, maybe Peyton did do that, but I, I do feel like he did, he was very like, even in his post-press conference, did you see it where he was kind of, um, he would kind of even single out Tamalolo? And it was, it was like he was trying to send a message to the rest of the, the team, doesn't matter who you are, get on board. But I felt like it was probably the wrong tactic. I felt like he should have used discretion around Taumalolo as not in his you don't need to use him as an example he's not the example guy in my opinion what do you, was that but at the feeling? exact same time there's guys like Wayne there's guys like Trent Robinson Bellamy who brain it from the start the vast majority of coaches need to make mistakes and learn from it yeah and he for sure, you know, for sure. I, yeah I, I think there's a lot did of did you get that feeling though yeah for sure yeah that yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah. to come in and say like doesn't matter who you are this is the new cowboy way and he may have like bungled it a little bit where he was you know he was talking quite a lot about you know, Tamalolo, when you look, I think there was one post-press conference where it was like, you know, yeah, you know, Tamalolo's great, but if you look at his defence, he didn't get off the line in this pit. I was like, bro, like, like that's your main guy. Like, and I think at the same time, you know, in Todd Payton's mind, I think that there's a world where that pr- approach can be successful. Absolutely. But totally it wasn't. Agree. Yeah. And I think now he needs to adjust. I And I know it's a little thing, but, you know, because you don't see anything out of North Queensland. Yeah. But just watching some of their training tapes and the way that he's interacting with players, it does seem to be a bit more of a happier... I agree. I, I felt the, the same thing looking yeah. at the content. And again, look, it's all, it's all smoke yeah, and mirrors. Smoke but there yeah. does seem to be a vibe. Look, put it this way. It's similar to the Adam O'Brien situation. I felt like he came into the Knights... Mm with that Roosters culture and he just didn't realise, oh shit, like this is a different club with different values and, and not at the same level as, as, um, as we were at. And I, I'm not saying Peyton had that mentality, but, you know, for example, the Warriors, they may have been a more malleable squad for him because they didn't really have, like RTS is a different beast to Justin Tamalolo. Not in ability, they're both incredible. Um, so, yeah, I, I honestly thought, and I said at the start of last year, that Cowboys will be the biggest swing side. They'll either surprise everyone or they'll, they'll struggle. 
But I, I was still surprised that I thought I was a huge fan of Peyton. I still am a huge fan of Peyton. And I think he'll learn a lot from this year. Um, and I think he'll learn that you've you got to bend a little bit. Like, because you're just dealing with so many personalities. Like, even Bellamy. Like, people think he's a hard-ass. But look how much he's bent for Cameron Munster, Brandon Smith. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, even, even, you know, Greg Inglis to an extent. Like, he, he wasn't the best trainer. Everyone knows that. But he's like the greatest outside back of all time. So, like, Bellamy, even if he has a reputation for being a hard-ass, he still bends a bit for his stars. Yeah, and he's a, I remember talking to Brett White. Um, last year, and I spoke to him the week after they'd played Melbourne, mm. and he said that he was talking to Belly Bellyache after the game, and you know guys were coming up behind Belly and slapping him on the ass <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And, and Brett White just said to him, "Flat stick, you would have punched me out if I did that in yeah. 2007." And he sort of laughed and went, "Yeah, it's sort of it is what it is, sort yeah, of thing now. Like it's now. changed." Um, and I would argue that I don't think there's ever been a harder time to be a coach of uh, a not top four team. Yeah. Totally. It's tough. It's tough. You have to come in. And and Peyton's old real, school. That's a very thing. old school. Like you watch Peyton play. So like one Peyton, of the toughest. The people forget because Todd didn't play Origin and stuff. Yeah. He was tough as nails and yeah. he had a, a good skill set to him. Hundred well. percent. He, he was, would actually be really good in today's game. He'd be game. mad today. Yeah, absolutely. He'd be their lock forward today. Yeah. Yep. And so I think that like Peyton had that old school kind of mentality. That it's so hard. And this is again, I'm a big fan of Peyton, and I think yeah. I think he'll turn it around. I just think that they were a few of the errors that, uh, in my opinion, as with my huge, vast experience of coaching NRL sides, they were the errors he made. <laughs> Once again, if Michael Morgan is playing, all of a sudden yeah, Todd Payton's a pretty damn good coach. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you got to look at the squad and the situation he was left with. Um, I, I just believe, I really, really hope the Cowboys give Peyton the time to build his own squad because you can't expect a guy to come in and just turn things around immediately, especially when you lost your franchise player in the first half of the year. And also, you could argue the Clifford thing, just the timing of it was like, oh, Jesus, like we probably shouldn't have let him go. He ended up playing really well. Um, I, I hope they give him a good three, four years to build a roster. Then we can see what, what, what he yeah. can do. Because there are, there are good young kids there. There's a couple of back Absolutely. rollers. You've got Hammer. Like, there's a couple of really handy footballers there. It's just Hiku is a gun. Hiku was a gun, gun centre. Valentine Holmes, one of the best outside backs in the competition. Drinkwater, if you can somehow get him into that fullback role or you can develop Hamiso quicker, I, I totally agree. And Townsend, regardless of how he played last year, is a premiership winning half. You know, it's, it was, I think in, it was only uh, 2018 or whatever, where I think he won player of the year for his, team, uh, for his uh, squad, uh, club. So it's not it's not all doom and gloom. Not all doom and gloom at all. Well, I just I mean, Chad was the last guy to win a premiership in the seven jersey that's not from the Roosters, Melbourne, or Penrith. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Which is crazy to think about. Absolutely. I, 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 as you said at the start, I am worried about the Cowboys. I think they could double their wins from last year and finish tenth still, though. Oof. I hope they go all right. I like when Queensland. Hopefully they do, mm. but. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm worried too. Once again, we've just gone through that squad, and that's without them having any injuries. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, on to the Eels. Uh, look, the Eels, this is their year. They've got to get it done. Like, I, I just think losing Reed, losing Papali'i, uh, losing Stone. Who else did they lose? Um, is that it? Have they... They lost one other player, I think. Ferguson, they've lost this year. Did they lose anyone else? 
I thought they lost Simonson walked back Simonson, whichever he said, he walked back in, but I thought they lost one other player. Near Corre, has he gone to the Warriors already? Yeah, near Corre. That's near it. Corre, that's yeah. it. Um <clears throat> I do think that if they don't do it this year, it's not it's not gonna turn into a like, oh, it's a complete rebuild. But I do think then it's probably two to three years before they'll crack it, have a crack at it again. Maybe yeah. twenty four months. Um, if it goes well. If it goes well, absolutely. So we've got their second row. We've got uh, average experience 92, average age 26. Uh, front row, average experience 76, average age 24. Uh, hooker. I really like that Mitch Rand signing. Um, hooker, average experience 140, average age 27. Lock, average age 26, average experience 76. Fullback, average age is 23. Uh, average experience is 71. Wing, average age is 24. Total experience is 124. Center, average age 23. Average experience 51. Halves, average age 22. Uh, average experience 61. What are your thoughts on the Eels? Uh, I think it'll be more of the same. I think worst case, they finish eighth. Yep. Absolute worst case. Um yeah, in saying that, it will be an interesting year with Papali and with uh, Marnie leaving. We're interested to see how that impacts them as a squad. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll be a top eight side. They could be a top four side, but I still don't think they'll compete with those big three come finals times. But they got closer than they ever have. I don't think they deserve to lose against Penrith. Um, so, yeah, they're an interesting side. I think, I think you're right. It's this year or it's going to be interesting yeah this year or it's another 24 months they'll have to bring someone through uh i really like the signing of uh mitch rain in that hooking role it just gives them so much depth mm. because put it this way let's say mitch rain plays against the Penrith panthers for the eels yep because like and, and this is no disrespect to ray because he's not he's not a hooker he's a great back rower a great 13 unreal 13 um but he he really struggled he really struggled you know made a few errors um, and he was just doing his best. He, you, you know, there's not much he could do. The other thing you got to remember with Ray Stone, whilst everyone bagged him, he didn't play all season in reserve grade, then come into first grade. Oh, 100%. He sat in a hotel room for four months. Oh, yeah, totally. And totally. then was expected to be a first grade hooker against Penrith in finals. I, I, don't look at, I don't for a second look at it as Ray Stone's fault. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not sitting here going, uh, you know, Ray Stone, you're an elite athlete, you're an NRL player, you should have been better. No, he was almost set up for... A really tough, tough game. Kick, yeah. he, put it this way. If he went on and just played average, that would have been a miracle. This guy had barely played any footy, barely played any nine, and he was in one of the, the, the biggest pressure cookers, not just for a finals game, period. Like, tell me a tougher game that you've ever watched. It's up there with the toughest game I've ever watched. And he was put there right in the middle. Um, whereas he, if you had a guy like Mitch Rain, they probably don't miss a beat. That's after making, I would guess, 55 tackles yeah. in Brisbane against Penrith. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but Mitch Rain, 207 NRL games. That's pretty crazy. That seems like a typo. Is that a typo? Can you check that? No, well, mate, he's been around. What, did, I know he's been around. Did he take Bill at the Dragons? Is that yeah, Dragons. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a gun. Did, did gun. you play with him? Yeah. 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 He was a gun. Um, but that's like, it's pretty crazy. Like, Mitch Rain, 207 games. Like, you wouldn't really... It's, not a, it's yeah. not a typo. He's played 207 games, 131 were for the Dragons. And then did he go to the Gold Coast? Is that Then Panthers for five games, then Titans for 71 games. The Panthers didn't, yeah, right. Um, so I, I really like that for them. Um, it also kind of future-proofs them. Uh, Hodgson's obviously coming next year. Is Rain, do you have Rain in, in your 17 or not? 
maybe at 14. I oh, probably have to look at this roster because, like, you know, maybe Bryce Cartwright is your 14. I guess, Christian, are you going to play Marnie for 80? Yeah, probably. It's, it's not, yeah. I, I, it's not like you've got a young hooker in the team that you're trying to get ready for the year after. You've got Hodgson walking in there. Yeah. So I, I would assume Marnie plays 80. <clears throat> I mean, with, with all due respect to Mitch Ryan, I'm hoping we don't see him this year because I want Marnie to play yeah, the full there. But, but what I mean is, is like, if, if he plays, if, if Mitch Ryan is in the squad last year, yeah, exactly. They yeah, make yeah. the final. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because they so they clearly didn't have the depth in a key position that they needed. Um, mm. You know, maybe not. Maybe Panthers beat them by more. I don't know. I'm just saying that. You know, there was that was a real glaring point for the Eels in in that game. Yeah. Um, look at their forward pack. I like it. You know, Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell, Gillard. I think they've really struck up a great pairing. They're still relatively young, only 28 years old each. Isaiah Papali'i. I'm really interested to see if he can back up that year again. Um, you know, was it just a flash in the pan, a desperate player trying to find his potential and then he relaxes this year or he goes to another level? Really, really interesting player, Ryan Madison. Now, he, like, I know he gets a negative rap with everything that happened to the Tigers or whatever, but he, or when he is playing, I know he struggled with injuries, but when he is playing, he always delivers high, high-quality footy. Yet the, the whispers are that the Eels aren't going to re-sign him. I'm a huge Maddo fanboy. Always have been. I think he's a great footballer. Um, I think he's the only bloke in this squad that's won a premiership too. And he yeah, he played a role for that Roosters side that won in 18 too. Uh, yeah, but it's it has been strange at Parramatta. He, he arrived there and I thought, he's going to shit into Origin this yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. He got so close. I think he was 18th man twice, missed yeah. out. And it's... He really has fallen off the radar a little bit mm. since then. But, I but mean, he's still delivering quality. Yeah, 100%. You know there, what I mean? There was a finals game where I think he scored two tries in. Yeah. And like he, he can do things where he can he can produce a key offload. He can yeah. and get really under a kick. and like He's got X factor to him. And really strong defence. Yeah, great defender. Yeah. Um, I, I really like him out there on that right edge. There was times that they weren't using him next year and I, last year. And I just didn't just didn't quite make sense to me. Yeah. Um, I mean... You could argue Sean Lane's pretty similar. I don't think he has the high end potential of Brian Madison, but he's sort of but he'd floated. He's cheaper. Heaps cheaper, yeah, but he's also floated in and out of first grade bench. It's it's been strange how it's all twenty five years old, way cheaper. It's a tough call. Yep. I, I, I'm I'm so torn with the Maddo because I, I agree with you, man. I, I believe Maddo is an origin level player. Like if you put him in that New South Wales side, I don't think they lose he's a fine. beat. Yeah. Um you know, don't get me wrong. I think Angus, Angus <laughs> Crichton and uh, Cam Murray. I mean, fuck, jeez. Yeah. But if you put Maddo there, he, it's not like he's going to be exposed or anything. I think he actually goes quite well. <laughs> but where, like, if you're the Eels, do you do you try to re-sign him? Like, what's going on there? I would. I don't think there's too many better better second rowers out there on the market, but there would be better value mm. second rowers out there. I, yeah, I, I, I think Madison. Has sort of got his back against the wall a little bit. So you think the Eels have because he doesn't play that much footy due to, you know, his injuries and that. Do you think the Eels are kind of like, look, mate, you're on a big wicket. Like we just can't really afford to have maybe a lot of money on a guy that struggled a bit with injury. I think it also. Can you please get up how many games he's played in the last two years? I think it also makes it really tough if I'm Parramatta and I'm looking at Papali, who I'm paying a pint of coke, and then I look at Madison, who I'm mm. paying a heap. Like that he, doesn't like. Yeah. 
Not that that's the be all and end all, but yeah. I, I think it doesn't help Madison's case. Yeah, for sure, sure. Even Sean Lane, like he had some really good games this year, and you go, oh look, we could we could really like Sean Lane's never going to break the bank, whereas Madison could really start going right. up in value. Um, Nia Corey filled in at centre and was the best was back in the team for two so months. Good. How many games has he played last two years? Madison played seventeen last year and nineteen yeah. the year before. It's not terrible. Not bad. It feels like less. It feels like less. So, but those were the like he played over twenty the three years before that. Okay, so nineteen and seventeen, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. But there was a feeling like that. that yeah, Eels, it feels they, like he, yeah. But also the, the feeling that I was getting the, the, from the Eels and the whispers and rah rah was kind of like they wanted him in the team more. But like he never, I don't know. Just watching the Eels games, I don't remember him cementing that edge. You know, I I don't know if you can see it there, Matty. How many games he played off the bench this yeah, year? Ju- like, just the last game in the final. Was, only, was that it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, I sort of felt like he's been a little bit on the outside. Um, that's that's really surprising. Have you got his minutes there, by any chance? I can get him. Don't stress, but uh, yeah, I, I sort of felt like he was. I, I thought he's. I thought the, the same bench. thing Maybe too. Maybe he's playing less minutes, but. Um, Do you think it's the Papali'i effect? effect uh, I, I effect. think it definitely played a role. Whereas like Papali'i was just rampaging, and so we we're all focused on him. Whereas Maddo was just getting through his work, and we. But mate, at the same time, like. Papali was their best beckon, second role by country mile, and they moved him into the middle as yeah. well. Like, it was a weird... I didn't really understand what they were doing with their back row, and then you, you always had Bryce, who was floating along on the bench, playing good footy. Um, yeah, I would keep Madison around. I think he's got oh, a lot for sure. though. He only played 80 once after round 11. Yeah, there you go. That's what it is. So he's playing less minutes. Okay. Whereas in the first few games, he played 80, 46, 80, 80, 80. Well, he was... A, he was he was an 80-minute player the yeah. year before. Apparently. And then it went like 59, 70, Oh, he's 70, an 80-minute player for 53, sure. 53, yes. 59, et cetera. Oh, okay. So I, I also think with why. Maddo, as much as I like him on the edge, it'd be interesting to see if they didn't have a Nathan Brown to play 13 because I think Maddo would be really good there I too. think I think he actually he could be a revelation there because obviously he played six. I think he debuted at six. Yeah. Um, but he's such a fucking big body that not only do you get that basically a third front rower, but you get a guy that can move the pill around. In saying that, I don't think I can move Nathan Brown. No, he I think so he has done a really good job. I think he's a. What do you reckon Brown on the edge? I, I like him at 13. I, I think that. What about impact? Impact player? Would you consider bringing Yeah, him I don't up? mind it. Yeah. But it's an, it's an interesting. He's like, just a dog. He just I know. fights oh, for every 100%. bone. I love him. I love him, him at 13 side. too. Yeah. I love him at 13 too. be really interesting. I wonder if in the trials they trial Maddo at 13 to see you know, what he's got. Yeah, I mean, in saying that, over the last two years, Nathan Brown has had his fair share of injuries. They've had opportunities to do it if they They wanted to, and they haven't. So, um, but yeah, I don't think they're getting the best out of Ryan Madison. Oh, they also lost Corfusi, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where about Greg? What's you know, with a guy like him, he come through, and there was a lot of hype around him, and he hasn't really. He's a fucking big, big boy, big mobile boy. What do you reckon's going on there? Yeah, he's a big bit of gear. I don't know. Came from the Cowboys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah with a heap of raps. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but well, once again, though, I mean, when when Papa Lee leaves, it'd be handy if he was to kick on, I guess. But once again, I, I feel like we're, t- we're saying a lot of potential negatives about their pack. I'm so confident they're going to be a top six team. Yeah, I'm speaking from the perspective of I want them to win a premiership. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I'm not speaking of them like from a perspective of. Uh, yeah, maybe a whatever. I'm speaking of. I feel like this is their year. Where do we get the best out of? Like, I'm not saying they will win a premiership. I'm saying like, I believe that they should believe that they can challenge. That's for a their premiership. next step. Absolutely, 
They took the Penrith Panthers to the death. That's the closest they've been since 2009. Yeah. By a mile. By and if a you mile. said to me they're a top three regular season team, I don't think I could argue with you. Yeah. To t- oh, totally. But you put it this way, if they, if they hung on to their form for an extra five to six games, you could put them in that, definitely keep them in the top four. Yeah. Um, so very, very interesting. Uh, I think two things. My, one of my key, key players is Will Penasini. I just think that he, is, he could be something special, but he's also going to fill that void. Ever since they lost Jennings, they lost a lot of strike out there. They lost a lot of speed out there. Penasini is strong. He's powerful. He's got a flick pass. He's young. He's confident. He wants the ball in his hands in a big game. I think that if you can get him paired with a firing Wonga Blake, and Wonga Blake's attack's always been pretty good. His defence has been the concern. Him and Fergo really struggled on that edge there. If you can get Penasini and Blake really firing, I think that that's a, that's a, a much more damaging backline than they've had for, for quite a while. What are your thoughts on that? And, yeah. I, and I like Opacic too. I feel, you know, he's yeah, so oh, solid. I actually thought Opacic did really well yeah. when he arrived there. He obviously had a very tough year. His personal life, but sure. um, I love Penasini. We've spoken about this before. I think that was your Christmas wish list for him just to yeah, 100%. keep kicking on, go to the next level. Sure. Wonga Blake's a really interesting one. I, oh, I, I almost sometimes think Wonga Blake is a better athlete than he is footballer. It's fair. Because he is just such a freak. He is so quick. He's so strong. But I don't know. He just doesn't seem to be able to consistently be the guy that I think he should be yeah. based on his ability, if you know what I mean. I think that's – it's just concentration. It's yeah. just like that switching in and out. Um, you know, he's a, it's, it's a tough he's, – he's the toughest player ever to coach because you have to have him there because he's so dynamic. Uh, don't, don't quote me on it, but I remember talking to Roger Fabry two years ago mm. and, you know, he came on the podcast and I asked him who's the fastest guy, is Josh Adokar, yeah. is it blah, blah, blah. And he said, the guy with the best running technique in the NRL yeah. is Wonga Blake. Wow. He said, if, you, if I had to show someone a manual of how to run, of someone that does it naturally who I can't really help, it's yeah. Wonga Blake. Far out. Which is scary. That's pretty scary. Pretty scary. So, big, huge year for Blake, though. If he struggles this year, he almost, you know, it's almost Super League time. Um, yeah. He, and that's, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's got so much potential. And there's been like flashes of brilliance where you're going, holy shit, this guy's the next, you know, he's an origin centre, you know? Um, so hopefully you can put it together. I, the, the tough thing is I think Opacek is, is the odd man out, you know? I, I think that I, he's going to really struggle. Well, it just depends. If Blake struggles defensively... But at the same time, mate, at least with Opacek, I know what I'm getting every That's week. what I was going to say. Defensively, you're going to know what When you're I get getting. the best Wonga Blake, I'm taking him. But when I get the other Wonga Blake, give me Opacek. But with a backline that already needs more fire, it's yeah. you know what I mean. It's it, put it this way: I think Penasini, you lock him in for a position. Yep. As a young centre, in my opinion, anyway, and it's going to be a battle between Blake and Opacek. Do you consider putting Blake to an edge, uh, uh, to a wing? Um, well, the other one that I know he's down here as a winger, but I think Hayes Dunster could make a good centre too. Really? He's the other one that I he like. He improved out of sight. Out of sight, His yeah. first few games, I was like, mm, I don't know if this kid's a first grader, but towards the end of last year, I was, I was really impressed with him. So who's your wingers then? Sivo locks down one, and then are you going with Hayes or uh, Bailey from De- Canberra? Depends. Oh, the Bailey. I'm going Bailey, probably. Going Bailey. I really like Bailey. He's, he gets through so much work. He's elusive. He can score. Could be a good little uh, 14 too, maybe. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They've got, they got depth at least. Yep. Now, um, 
the key, you know, the, the <coughs> deepest key to all of this, in my opinion, is Dylan Brown. If Dylan Brown can fire, they can win a premiership, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go as far to say as Mitch Moses and Gutho have hit their peak, but I don't think they're far off it. Mm. Dylan Brown... Nowhere near his nowhere peak. Nowhere near it. Matter of fact, I would argue that his peak is bigger than Moses and Gutho's. I think it will be, yeah. Like, or I don't know if he'll ever reach it, but I do believe his potential. potential. This is a big body that his defence is already sorted, that has some of the best running game when he does run the ball. Um, the reason why I say he's the key is because we know Gutho's going to deliver eight out of, seven to eight out of ten every week. We know Mitchell Moses is going to deliver good, solid footy yeah. um, all year round. He's going to kick you into games. He's gonna, and, yeah. Exactly. And I think he's... I think that two years ago, if you said to me, is Mitchell Moses a good NRL half? I would say, I'm not sure yet. I think that he's shown enough to say that he's a good NRL half now. I think the best thing that's happened to Mitch Moses is that his stats have gone down. Mm. Yeah, so he's not the, that, that flashy... He's not the guy that has to chip, flick, yeah. cut out. He is just... He's kicked corners, put you into the right spots. Mm. And I, I, Two years ago, I would have said incredible potential with Mitchell Moses. I would have said he's so silky. He's got some of the best ball, ball skills in the competition. Some yeah. of his work that he did when they went on that run and just got knocked out by the storm, some of his tries and that. Remember that ball he threw that afternoon oh, where he threw it man. around his body to Will Smith? It was incredible. Incredible. So two, two years ago, I would have said a lot of potential. I don't know if he'll get there yet. I, I truly, I honestly believe now that he is a, an elite NRL half. And I believe that if you put him in any of like the Roosters, Storm, uh, Rabbitohs, that he would continue to flourish and probably win a premiership. If Mitch Moses' name wasn't Mitch Moses and you watched his Origin Game 3 in a Vortex, you would say, geez, that's a, that was a good performance. He played well. Losing halfback. I, I don't care what anyone says, yeah. he played well. Look, people can disagree. Respect. In my opinion, I, I thought he had a good debut, but especially the second half. If Luke Keary played that game and lost... We'd say it was a good game. Yeah, absolutely. But, well, I'm, I'm saying Mitch Moses played by the when, way, but when, people would say When New South game. Wales um, were coming back into the game, it was all off the back all of because Mitchell of him. Moses. Uh, I totally agree with you there. I was, I was honestly, and again, it's, it's, it's people's opinion and they have every right to it, but I was shocked. I mean, I wasn't shocked because it's Mitchell Moses and he's polarising, I don't know why, but anyway. But I was also shocked because I was like, were they watching the same game that I was watching? Like, here's a guy that didn't really make any errors when the game was on the line, he impacted his origin game. And then I was like, are we forgetting Cleary's debut? Like, are we forgetting all the other – like, even Maloney's debut? Like, you know how hard it is to come in at seven on a debut and in, in, not even just not make errors, impact the game? And then break your back. Yeah, and literally break your back. Um, and that was early in the game too, wasn't Heaps it? Heaps He played the whole game with a broken back and did what he did. Yeah. So Take out the broken back. Take that out of yeah. the argument. Fine. Still played mad. I, I, I totally agree. I, I thought it was a good, solid debut. I was very surprised that um, people were... Were you negative. though? I mean, I was surprised in that I thought Pete, more people would be a bit more like, oh, he was pretty good. I think if... Put it this way. If New South Wales win... Yeah, everyone, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a good, good debut. It's I a think very that, scoreboard opinion. Yeah. Whereas if Quiz Queensland lost... Who, who's the whipping boy? It's Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Um, and I just think that last year, although, yes, I understand that they didn't get to the prelim and it's the same old blah, 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 I do believe he cemented himself as a, a really top-tier half. I'm not sitting here saying that he's a, a premiership half yet, but I do believe that you would put him in your, like, 
if a lower club was to sign him, I think he would lift that club yeah. up. And, mate, to be honest he with you... He did that with the Eels. Yeah, 100%. If, if next year we get Origin and Cleary's injured and we're bringing Mitch Moses, I would rather Cleary, but I'm not panicked. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I would actually, as a Queenslander, I would be... I would be... Obviously, Cleary is just on a fucking absolute another planet. But I would still be like, oh, shit, like, Mitchell Moses can put it on. Yeah. And his kicking game is so good. And, I, and if as a, you know what? As a Queenslander, I would love to have him in our squad. Um, and look, I, yeah, I, I know he's a polarising figure. I, th- I think it's because he's so passionate on the field. And so, like, a, like a lot of people just don't, I don't know, that they don't relate to that. Um, but so, you know, Mitchell Moses is going to deliver. I, I, I think he's just developed so much, especially with the, the, the vitriol he's copped. But if Dylan Brown can just find that extra step, I, I truly believe he can be something special. I truly believe it. You're and still you, running with him at uh, And you know why I believe that? Yeah. Because he's cool. He's, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Notice he dyed his hair blonde. Fucking cool, man. Immortal status. Um, hey, uh, you mentioned last year you consider playing at centre. Yeah, I'd consider it for sure. Still, yeah? Yeah, I'd consider it. Um, just depends though, you know. Uh, depends who they have to partner Mitchell. I, obviously, I'd keep him at six. But let's say... For some reason, it's just not working. I either put, I either put him at fullback. I actually think he's got a great fullback's body, very fucking fast. I would even argue he's probably top three fastest sixes in the game. When you watch some of his cover tackles, he's quick. Yeah, yeah, he he's around. quick. I either put um, Mitch, Mitch and uh, Gutho six seven, and him at fullback just to get his confidence back mm. and take that pressure off him, or I'd put him out in the center and just say run. Don't worry about ball playing. Don't worry. And then you know. So, and, and this is, look, I, I'm probably wrong. This is coming from a guy that said that Tom Tavoyevich should, should play centre or six when he comes back because I was concerned about the mileage of his body. I was wrong. He's killed it all year. Um, but with Dylan Brown, the reason why I say if he is struggling, put him in the centre is because then he has to run. Mm. He has to run and he'll, it's, he'll almost gain so much confidence from it. He'll be like, oh, shit, I'm actually a really good ball runner. Um, but in saying that, Start of the season. It's six and seven, Mitchell Moses. We have to remember, these guys took the Premiers to the death. They had the best year they've had since 2009. Um, and that was with Dylan Brown at, 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 six. at six. And also, over the last few years since his debut, him and Mitch Moses actually haven't played that much footy together. Because whenever last season, when Brown was out, Mitch was in. When mm. Mitch was out, Brown was in. Um, so interesting times. Interesting. I think, I think the Hills are in a great spot. I really do. I really think they're in a good spot. They've just got to nail the recruitment for the next year or two. Just shows how hard it is, though, that you can oh, be yeah. in such a good spot, yeah. yet be a distance away from winning a comp, in my opinion, still. Yeah. Hopefully I'm wrong, but shows how hard the NRL is. Oh, yeah, there's, totally. there's 10 teams this year that were just absolute battlers. There's a gap between them and Parramatta, and then yeah. there's a gap between Parramatta and the other. The thing it's, that frustrates me, and sorry to go back to this, the thing that frustrates me with the Mitchell Moses situation is they were wooden spooners when he came. Like, I think he came and they won the wooden spoon mm. and they've, now they're a top six side. He's a huge part of that. So I think, weren't they over the cap and they were coming last? Yeah, yeah. So, like, like it was, that's where I'm like, you know, we, there's always the argument of line of, could he do this in a bad team? Could he lift this bad team up? Mitchell Moses has done that. And so has Gutho and, and a, a, lot of, a lot of other people. But I, I hate know. that argument. Yeah, I hate I that I argument. For I don't like it either. It's the shittest argument. I don't like it either. I don't like People it People will say, oh, could Cooper Cronk have done it for the Tigers? I'm like, yeah. he didn't have to. They say the it Good all teams the, wanted him. They say it all the time about Tedesco. Yeah. And I'm like, oi, did you, did you watch him at the Tigers? Did you watch his origin debut? He was incredible at the Tigers. The prob- it's like, it's like um, 
It's like Payne Huss. Let's say Payne Huss goes to the Roosters next year and kills it. And they're like, oh, yeah, but could he do it as a shit team? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, he could. That's what Teddy did before he went to the Roosters. Yeah, but they didn't make the finals. They didn't make the finals. You know what I mean? That's always a fucking argument. It's like, bruh. It's also a case of if you're a gun player you're gonna, and gun teams want you, you're going to play for gun teams. Absolutely. And sometimes it's, it's really a bizarre thing, but you can get a gun player, he goes back to reserve grade, and he plays like a busted. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is reserve grade. He should be killing it. Goes into first grade because he has better players around him. It's almost, it almost releases him to yep. do what he does best. Um, anyway, so look, Eels, I still think they're a step away. I, I agree with you. Um, but if Dylan Brown can fire, I think he... Dylan Brown and uh, Penasini, if they fire, I think that they can be the, the kind of like the kindle to light the fire into something yep. special. And now, on to the reigning premiers. Uh, we have the second row. Average experience, 63. Average age, 26. Prop. Average experience, 57. Average age, 23. Hooker. Average experience is 36 average age is 26 lock average age is 26 average experience 53 fullback average age is 23 average experience 67 wing average experience 47 average age 24 center (coughs) average experience 22 average age 20 far out that's fucking wild um halves Average experience, 45. Average age, 24. The Goldilocks zone. Um, what do you reckon about the Penny Penny Panthers? Uh, yeah, I think they'll be a top three team this year. I think they will be treading water until finals. And their season begins. The guy I'm really excited about is Isaac Tago. I think he will yep. play left centre for them. I think he's going to be an absolute weapon. Uh, he has done incredibly well in the New South Wales Cup. I went through some of his stats earlier today yeah. for my podcast, and some of the stuff he's doing in New South Wales Cup. I think it was ten games, nine tries. Mm. He's averaging five tackle breaks. He's going for 160 meters. Like what position? Do you, like I watched him play, and he was coming on it from 14. I yeah, think he was playing like on the right edge, center, and that. He's one of those weird guys where it's like, is he a center? Is he a winger? Is he a lock? I reckon when you see him play center, you'll go, oh, okay, he's a he's center. He's a center, you reckon, yeah. specialist? I reckon when he plays left side. He played left side at the, in uh, Reggie's last year for the start of the season. Yeah. Burton was his six, and he had another gun, Taylor May outside. Talon, he's, Talon May is who I'm excited for. Well, uh, his debut, 200 metres, two tries, absolute fucking beast. When Brian Tyler goes to play sorry, Origin. Sorry, yeah. could you please get up... Um, Tago, is it? Uh, there's Isaac Tago and then there's yep. Talon May. Isaac Tago, could you get his uh, height and weight? Because he, he looks a bit, not not tiny, but mm-hmm. not big for a centre these days when you've yep. got guys yeah, like... Yeah, that's fair. Um, and that's why I wonder. It's it's like when Stags first came in, I was like, is, I don't know what he is. He's, he's, he's quite stocky, but is he... Is he rangy enough for a centre? Obviously, he filled out and he became, you know, who he is. Yeah. Um, what, what do you got there? So his height is 184 centimetres and his weight is wow. 93 kilos. 184? Yeah. Okay, so he's six foot, 93. So he probably fill out to about, okay. No, that's okay. Fair he's enough. 19 I, years old. He seems shorter. Than, do you reckon he seems shorter than 184? I, I don't. But as I said, I've watched him play centre in Reggie's. Yeah. And I think once you see that, you, 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 you'll change your mind on it. Yeah, okay. oh, I think he will brain it this year. Oh, ne- hearing that he's six foot, that, that – Yeah. That, okay, he's clearly big enough for centre. I, I just – when I was watching him play, maybe he's a bit like Slater where they play always low. Yeah. Um, 
He's also in a, in a big football team too, though. Yeah, yeah, true. So, so 93 kilos. Wow, that's actually – the fact that he's, he's – so he's really mobile. He's actually the perfect size. Six foot. He'll probably hit by the time he matures about your 97, 96, which is what you want as a – so he'd be on the smaller end of, of the, the centres when you've got guys like Trell and Tom Trevoy. But funny. he's like – He's like Toto. He's strong as all. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, he's I love also, him. Also, he's got a little um, kicking game to him as well. Oh, does he? Like so, sort of like a way Graham. He, he he can drop it on the toe. He he's, he set up a few tries and got a few line dropouts in Reggie. So I loved him when he when he uh, made his debut when he was playing. The energy he brought to that Penrith side was so good. Like again, please don't uh, conflate me. Kind of working out in my mind if he's a center or a winger or a back rower because. That's not me saying he's not good. It's mm. just like sometimes you can look at a player and you it's see... It's actually saying he's better. Exactly. Because yeah. like he's, he's, he was so explosive when he came off the bench. Uh, but he, he will be a guy. He'll start at centre and as his career moves on, he'll be a back row. You reckon end up in the back row? Yep, for he sure. He can handle himself in both. Yeah, I think he'll probably play his best footy in the back row because he's so explosive and his energy, like just his... He was he was much stronger than his size suggested when he, was, when he made his debut. Often young guys, when they come in... They struggle in the contact. Mm. It's like Suwali. I was so surprised, Suwali, how well he handled the contact. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I think Togo's going to be really good. Talon May for me, uh, I think... I think... I, put it this way. I'm a huge fan of Staines. I, I don't think he kicked on the way we thought he was going to kick on. Yep. And I think there's a real concern that Talon May may take his spot this year if he doesn't become what he we saw he could become. In your mind, Toto left wing, are we are we sticking with Tago at left centre? Well, let's say hypothetical, hypothetical. we are. Hypothetical. Um, you got to fix Stephen Crichton. I assume is he playing right? I, I think whatever Crichton, wherever Crichton wants to play, that's where he plays. So whatever, whatever combo has, I think Crichton has always been on Luai's side. So well, goes, he, he was the year before last year. Was on the right side. Yeah. Okay. I think you go Luai, Crichton, Tor. On the left. On the left. Um, and then right, you're going to go... Because you've got to remember, Paul Momorowski's gone now too. So their right centre's gone. Yeah, Naden's gone. Naden's gone. So I, I, I think they'll keep Crichton on the right just to keep a to bit balance of, it. Yeah. And so it's not too one-sided. I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor May is the right, I, I, the right wing. Sorry, I agree. I think... Um, I just like the combo of Luai. Their, their attack was the best... In 2020, and it, when, if I recall correctly, it was Luai, Crichton, Tor. It was, yeah. And they, they were fucking unstoppable. I, I, I honestly though. thought as much as the end of the season it didn't stack up attacking-wise, I thought they were more dangerous with a Matt Burton who had a bit more to his game. Yeah, he was A bit more of a good. passing game and whatnot. Once again, if I'm playing Stephen Crichton at right centre, do you, do whatever yeah. the hell, if you, if you want to pop up wherever, do it. Yep. I, I honestly, just by going off last year's form, I would actually start Talon May over Charlie Staines. Yep. Um, in saying that, you know, you can't replace speed. And he is that old school finisher that, um, you know, every team wished they had. But it's just going to be – I just felt like last season, maybe it was because we were comparing him to Toto and Toto was just absolutely braining it. And maybe – Maybe that was the issue is that Toto was the winger that they were constantly passing to, so Staines just didn't get the opportunities that, yeah. you know, you thought he would. But, I, yeah, maybe it's, it's second-year syndrome, you know. Maybe he just... Um, I think you've got to remember with Staines too, he arrived and, you know, he scored five or six tries yeah. in his first game, which, yeah. 
with, like, with all due respect, Charlie Staines, in that position, a lot of wingers would have scored those yeah. five tries. And that's not taking anything away from Charlie Staines. He did have some Staines. brilliance, though. Like, oh, for sure. Break, but yeah. it built the narrative. Mm. I'll never forget the night that he scored those five tries. I had someone message me going, at this rate, he'll beat Ken Irvine's record. And I went... Bruh, come on. Yeah, and, and he went, no, no, I'm serious. And I, I, I thought he was taking the piss with yeah, me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I feel like we built the Charlie Staines narrative was built really high early, and I feel a little bit sorry for him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I can see that. I um, the good thing is, is look at their depth for the yeah. wingers. So Talon May, uh, he's not a centre. I think he's a winger. They've got this is their wingers: Brian Tor, Robert Jennings, who was actually fantastic last year at the Storm. Was it the Storm last year? Was he? Was that the other brother? Is, is that the same Rob? Yeah, I think he's still there. The one at Melbourne's still there. George cool. Jennings. George Jennings. Is yeah, still okay, Melbourne, okay. Yeah. But Robin Jennings. Robin can play. Though. He can yeah. fucking play. Um, Charlie. So this is their just their wingers, just their wingers. Brian Toto, Jennings, Staines, and Talon May. They could lose two wingers, and still have Staines and Talon May as their winger and be fine. Yeah, and be fucking sweet. Then then you look at their centers. Like you know you can you can always move Talon May into the center. You got Crichton. You got Tago. Um, Jennings can even play center. Fuck, it's a good squad. Fuck, it's a good squad. Um, now, onto their forward pack. Isaiah Yo, I mean, do we need say more? Do we need say more? Front row. I cannot wait to see two players. Liam Martin and Spencer Lino this year. I think they're really... I think Liam Martin, like, after Origin, he struggled a little Took bit. sting out of him. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a massive year for Liam Martin because he's going to get that opportunity that the Capewell position, most likely. I think uh, he will, yeah. And I just think it's going to give him enough game time to really show what he's a he is a dog, a motherfucking dog. Runs a beautiful line, very different player to Kurt Capewell. Very Capewell was very like he's very elusive and like very um, tough to handle because you don't really know is he running a hard line? Is he going over? It's almost. Kate was almost like a center playing back, uh, back row. Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Liam Martin, very traditional hole runner, dog, get through a lot of fucking work. Um, so I can't wait to see him play. But Spencer Lino, uh, it seemed like he fell out of favor a little bit towards the end there. But the impact he was, he's still only 21 years old. He absolutely killed it coming through the juniors. And even when he was 19 or 20, he was coming on and skittling blokes. So I really want to see his development this year, especially rotating with Fisher, Harris and Leota. I, I think Spencer announced himself when he replaced Tavita at the back end of last season. Mm. I, I, I thought he was unbelievable in those two games. He was, and as much as he only played 20 minutes, but the 20 minutes he played, he really got Penrith on top. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, I, I think that any reservations that Cleary had about Spencer Lino, I think he answered those questions. Yeah, in the back because end there the was finals. a period there where it seemed where Ivan wasn't really sure... If he was ready yet to be the impact player, what, what, was it Lean you that, that Freddie spoke about? No, I think was I think it was Leota. Me. It was me. Oh no, yeah, no, yeah, Leota, Leota. No. But I was saying, and I was, it was like just crazy talk in the sense of like at the time I was saying this is a crazy thing. But I was like, man, Spencer Lean off the bench for New South Wales. I reckon he would fucking do damage yeah. in the middle there. Um, but you're right. I think uh, Freddie did talk about Leota. Leota was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is a fair shout. Well, fair still shout. to have those two with. With James Fisher-Harris, who... 26 still. Yeah, it's insane. He's 26. James Fisher-Harris is 20-fucking-six. Like, they've got their they've got their front row locked in for the next 
Moses Leota, 26. These are premiership winning fucking props. And the way that Fisher Harris plays, he's not paying half. So I, I just can't see, even if, if he's at the peak of his career right now for the next five years, it's not going to dip I don't that think much so. at all. I don't think it'll dip. I think the only like dip will <clears throat> maybe, you know, isn't as destructive skittling blokes where you're going, holy shit, Fisher Harris just changed the game. But he's still making 170, yeah. 180 metres and getting through a lot of good work. Uh, Viliami Kikia, going to be a really interesting year for him. Really interesting year. I've, I think he's matured so much as a player over the last couple of years, especially his defence. Um, you know, everything that happened, he's obviously going to... Fuck the dog, he's recruited well. They've got Marnie and Kikia coming. Fuck off. How they got that done, I'll never know. They got Jordan Belfort in there selling them. That's oh, impressive. Man, honestly, like Kikau and Manu uh, Mani, and then the year before that, Tavita Panga Jr., Paul Vaughan, Dufty, Adokar, Burton. Like that, you could argue it's the greatest recruit. Like they wooden spoon team. I, I think there's a fair argument. It could be the greatest recruitment drive ever. Knock ever. Like yep. it's just in, insane. Um, like if you would have said to me, would you rather be the Canterbury Bulldogs finishing last and recruiting or the Dolphins with Wayne Bennett? I mean, you could argue at this point, what Canterbury have done their recruitment has yeah. probably been more impressive thus far. Dolphins have got a long way to go. I understand yeah, that. Yeah. But they shouldn't have been able to do what they no did. No way. No way. How they've managed to convince cream of the crop players, arguably some best in position to go to that club, is just... Like, even the Broncos were struggling to get players to the club for a little bit there. To one club it, town. It's, it's, incre- it's, easy. it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, <coughs> yeah, look, the Penny Panthers, we all know what's going to happen here. They look amazing. Um, I, I truly believe, and I know it's hyperbolic, and I don't care, I'm saying it, we're witnessing greatness with Nathan Cleary. We're witnessing greatness, in my opinion. I, I just think that when you look at, you know, when you look at what he has already achieved and when he plays, it looks like he has the game in the palm of his hand. He controls everything. Go watch that grand final. His kicking game was centimetre perfect. Like, it was Cooper Cronk-esque. Adam Reynolds was very similar, but because Cleary's was so good, no one talks about it. Yeah, totally. The kicking game, he was landing the ball literally 50 centimetres from the try line. Like, just... Just right there. Just right there. Whenever I talk about Cleary now and it's something special to watch, I agree with you. Yeah. People comment and go, oh, this, that, the coach's son. Like, I don't even respond anymore because yeah. I'm like, you know what? If you want to miss out on something special 100%. that you're going to regret for the rest of your life that you didn't enjoy this when it was happening, you're lost. Totally shit. agree. Totally agree. Like, we're, we're witnessing a moment. Cleary could have two quiet, ye- two quiet years, do nothing, and still be 26 years old and go to any club he wanted to. And, like, it's just... We're witnessing greatness. He's already won three uh, origins. Uh, he's won orig- players of. Did he win a player of the series or play, won a man of the match? I think in the game three, uh, you know, in the grand final, he was instrumental. Like, tell me one part of Cleary's game that isn't the best. He's got the most meters for a halfback run. Mm-hmm. His kicking game, I, I believe, it's the best in the comp. He's right the best now. defensive halfback. He's the best defensive halfback. He is. Probably the most creative. Some of the tries he's put, like even the getting the ball out of hook up, boom, kick straight over the Crichton try time. Like it's amazing, and and I just I love watching it because if you, you you've spoken to Cleary, this bloke couldn't be more humbled if he tried. You almost want to shake him and go, "Oi, Nathan, 
Do you know who you are, bro? You're Nathan fucking Cleary. You are the man. But it's he's still very, very... What I loved about Cleary this year, like I, I had so much respect for him when I seen it. So last year, they lose the grand final. He throws that intercept and it's just a devastating moment for it. Guess who was still up to come on podcasts and talk about yeah, 100%. it? 100%. You know, yeah. He came on my podcast. He spoke about it. He was open to it. Goes on, has one of the greatest years you'll ever see from a seven. Uh, well, one of the better ones anyway. Guess who was still going on podcasts and talking about it? Kept the same energy as when he was at the depths of it, like absolute depths. Not only did he lose a grand final, we, he lost an origin series. Wins a grand final, wins an origin series by a record amount, and he, he went on your podcast. Mate, uh, he came on my podcast. We did it via Zoom because of COVID, and he, whatever device he was using died halfway through. Mm. And he rang me and, mate, he must have apologised 35 times to me. I felt like saying, can you shut up? <laughs> shut up and <laughs> let's just talk. He was... The most down-to-earth, yeah. nice guy. I mean, on top of all the stuff you mentioned, he's finished second in the Dallium's twice. Blows yeah. me away he didn't win it last in 2020. Yeah, that was crazy. No disrespect. No disrespect to, to Jack, but fuck. Cleary should have won. It was the best time. player in the competition. It was yeah. Nathan Cleary. If it wasn't for Travojevic's greatest season of all time. He, yeah, he nails it. Like, uh, it's then he backs it up with a Clive. I just, what, what more could you... When when people you know are negative or whatever, and, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's not there's not too many anymore. He, he's clearly has become so good that you have to respect him. Yeah, as much as you want to bitch and whine and hate, you can't you can't deny you can't respect what he's done. Like honestly, it's just incredible. And I, and again, I have so much respect for a man that acts the same when he's at the depths of the depths. Like lost to the worst Queensland side in forty years, even though he didn't say that. None of the New South Wales boys did. Devastating loss for for New South Wales. Like think about like he just lost a grand final. And then he lost that series. Like, think about how low you would be. And you're the main guy. Uh, still did all... Like, I just... Yeah, a lot I would of argue that man. no one was more criticised than Nathan Cleary during that off-season. He lost four games of football and came second in the Dalian yeah. medal at 23. Yeah. And he was the most criticised player in the competition. Yeah. And that second half, he they in the grand final, they came back. Like, I know you could say the Storm put the cue in the rack. But at the end of the day... That Cleary try was outrageous, where he fucking bumped like three people and then steamed over the try line. Like, that's when I saw that. That's when I, you know, I truly, truly knew. Oh, we got a great, we got greatness here because he he struggled that first half and to come back and be like, get on me back, boys. We're going here. We're gonna have a crack at trying to one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Um, and he's not halfway through his career. Yet. No, it's mental. He he could still have another decade to go. Yeah, he, and Cleary is the type of player truly that you could. Any club could sign and he will take that team into finals. And he could take any team. Like, think about it. He could, let's say he signed with... He signed with the Cowboys. They're that, a top they're, eight team. They're a top me. eight team. Signed with the Tigers, top eight team. Um, so, yeah, incredible. I think, uh, interesting year for Luai. I think um, he's a, a kind of like an unsung hero. He's, su- he's such a yin to clear his yang. He just fits in perfectly. I think that it was such a, you know... A lot of people disagreed with Ivan Cleary when he chose Luai over Burton to, to, to partner him. It was a huge call. But you have to say, like, don't get me wrong, Burton will most... I wanted Burton. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I said Luai, but I only said Luai because of the fact that I knew that Cleary and Luai had played together before, juniors, and that's so important. And that's the other thing long-term. I mean, you look at how close Brian Toto, Stephen yeah. Crichton, like... 
these guys could all take a little bit. Like, they're, they're a genuine team that I could see taking less money for the rest 100%. of their careers to stay together. Absolutely. So, Nathan Cleary, I mean, what, he's won premiership, won Clive Churchill with 10, 12 years to go in his career, and he could be surrounded by absolute studs the entire time. Well, I, I think he will be. I think they're in a position where... And, mate, they haven't even started to swing their dick in the market that's yet. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, like, th- this is a team that even... Let's say Crichton gets off in a milly somewhere. They just go straight into the market. Boom, straight into the market. And are you telling me there isn't... Think about the young kids in Penrith right now. Guns, one of the biggest areas for rugby league that are frothing on rugby league. Like, like the, six, the 14, 15-year-olds. It's almost like the young kids in Queensland when the Broncos in the early 2000s that were just like, I would die to play for the Broncos. That's what's happening in Penrith right now. We've got these young kids that are representing the area more than we've ever... I don't think we've ever seen an NRL team truly, like, truly represent an area the way Penrith do. Um, yeah, it's exciting times, Penrith. Exciting times. And then I think for the next number of years, you're going to have Nathan Clear, Isaiah Yo running the New South Wales team with rep players around them, building relationships yep. there, seeing how dominant they can be. Like it's there's just more and more draw cards yep. coming in. And I'll, you know, a lot of I, I know a lot of people have negatives on Ivan Cleary. Still, is there a coach that just backs his guys in more? I just think he's he's develops into into yeah. such a good coach. I think that you could have the negative, kind of the negatives a, a few years ago, but we have to remember coaches are developing too. Like they don't just come out of the womb knowing how to coach. But another thing to remember, Ivan Cleary took them with one, took the Tigers from one win of finals footy. The next year, they just kept going down and down and down. Yeah. I, th- I think people forget because it happened. So like, I understand that, yes, he left his contract and I understand why Tigers fans would be pissed. Like I get that. But he had that squad, one win away from finals, the best they've played in a very long time. You know, the next few years, they had the same squad and it wasn't anywhere near as good. So he deserves his raps. And theory. respectfully to Tigers fans, tell me he made the wrong decision. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, I, I agree with you. It clearly was the right. I think Ivan sat down and said, look, you know, integrity-wise and all that kind of stuff, yes, it is technically the wrong thing, but I'm willing to wear that for the opportunity to coach my son. Uh, and, yeah, it's the right call. I don't think – look, I don't think he's regretting it. I think he's regretting it. Like, imagine the moment that he had putting the Clive Churchill over his son's neck after they've just won a premiership. Is there a greater moment in a dad's life ever? I don't ever? think so. I, it's got to be the greatest. After they, The first year he arrived, they got smashed in the meat. Like, they were struggling to put wins together. It was a bad call. How could you get rid of Hook? Oh, my God, the son and the father have too much power. Like, they got annihilated in the media. And then, boom, premiership. Incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah, another big year. Another big year. Now, uh, on to the Dragons. It's been bandied around a lot lately. The money ball side. The money ball side. Um, <clears throat> so we've got second row. Average experience 76, average age 26. Prop. Prop heavy. Holy shit. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine props. Uh, average age is 27. Average experience is 110. I like that. Man, knowing Hook, this is such a Hook side. Like, it's got Hook written all over. Like he's such a forward pack dominant, yeah. like orientated side. Uh, hooker, um, got Sullivan in there, but you know I personally don't think that they should be putting him in hooker. But in saying that, if it gets him playing first grade, it gets him playing first grade. Uh, average age is 26. Average experience 148. 
lock. Only one specialist lock, Jack DeBellin. One good specialist locked at that. If you're going to have one. Yeah, it's that guy. I mean, you know, everything that happened was, was quite terrible, but, you know, he was origin. He was origin. And now, you know, it's, he's in a... He played some decent footy this year. Decent footy. Um, he's, he's 30 years old. Average experience is 165 games. Fullback, Moses Mbai, Tyrell Sloan. I think that you would definitely see Sloan in the fullback position. Average age 24. Uh, Tyrell Sloan is 19. Um, wing, only two wingers. Oh, fuck. So they're, they're, they're fullback and wing light, but they've got a million centers. Um, their wing, they've got two wingers, Ramsey and Ravalawa. Average age is 23. Average experience, 36. Center, six centers. Average age, 23. Average experience, 54. It's funny because when, when Hook took over the Broncos, he started making me play center. So he must yeah. love his centers, man, because, like, clearly I'm not a center. Um, halves, they have their average experience is 95. Average age is 23. What are your thoughts on the Dragons? Well, it's going to be one hell of a uh, team playing in reserve grade, isn't it, with that depth? <laughs> Fuck me. Look at that, 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 that list of props. I... Uh, the gap between the best one and the worst one, I don't know who's the best. I don't know who's the worst. They are just all solid. Yeah, 100%. All solid. Totally. You could lose three front rowers, and I'm not sure how much changes realistically. Mm. Um, Burge is obviously the standout name there with Moose getting – jeez, I thought Moose would have been older than 31. Is that mm. right? Yeah, that's, yeah, he's 31. Yeah, 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 he's 31. yeah, wow. um, yeah George is. I don't know. There's obviously some concerns about injuries and stuff he has, but – I mean, after seeing what Tom did this year, last yeah. two years, that could be absolutely anything for George. So I, I hope that he really hits the ground running. I mean, mate, you, you look at all those forwards, there's a heap there, and then you've got to consider, I'm pretty sure Jack Bird's going to play in the forwards this year too. So I think he's a 13, Jack Bird. You know what? I, I have said since the day I saw Jack Bird when he was 16, he's, mm. a, he's a lock. Yeah. But oh, I think DeBellin is too good and too important yeah. to this side so to move, true. which sucks. It's awful. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know where you play Bird. Probably on an edge, maybe. Yeah. Big enough for an edge with some of those big boys. There's some fucking big edges getting around. Yeah, but you got some damn good edge. I mean, Tariq Sims has to be one of them, even though apparently they don't want him, which blows me away. You'd have to think Jaden Sewer's going to get a gig on one of those edges. Yeah, Fulimano, yeah. he'll be there and thereabouts. And that's if they don't play Josh Kerr in the second row like they did last year in bits and pieces. So I did. I, I Kerr's a front rower for me. Yeah, He's out, a front, yeah. out and out front rower. Yeah, it's such a hook side, man. This forward, the, the amount of fucking forwards he's got. Uh, Especially when you consider you've got all these guys to pick from and the 13 jersey for me is out of the question because DeBellin is locked in yeah. there. DeBellin's such a quality 13. Such a quality 13. Um, yeah, man, it's a uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I think the Dragon side is, is probably the most up in the air of who's going to get what spot, you know, like especially in the forward pack. Mm. Like, who do you start? You know, Josh Maguire wasn't starting last year. He kind of edged to the bench. Well, Maguire, I believe, which won't shock you, I think he's suspended for the first six weeks. <laughs> Fuck. Um, shocker. <laughs> Love Musa. Huge <clears throat> fan. Um, oh, I, I would start with Laurie and I think Burgess. Yep. Oh, you got Woodsy, though. I'd always, I'd start with Woods for sure. Yeah. I'd start with Woods for sure. And probably Tell you who else has got potential? This Francis Molo. Yeah, 100% for sure. And the, the, the unknown on this one is Jaden Hunt. Yep. Now, in Reggie's over the last few years, he's been about a 65-minute front rower and he just goes berserk. Workload yep. is insane. So there, there really is a lot of depth in the pack there. The, the only concern I have is, is like, 
who's their wow player, you know? Yeah. Like, who's their fuck me? I mean, Sewer can be it on the edge if he continues to develop. Um, well, for me, it's Sims, but they don't seem to want him. I mean, what's, what's surprising about the Sims is, like, how early they said you will not be re-signed, almost as if to put pressure on him to leave now. When you like, consider the amount of guys they're signing and he's the one guy they don't want. Fuck, it's, yeah, it is, it's just surprising. I, I, maybe he's on just such a big wicket they're trying to free up cap space. Because, I mean, their recruitment was truly about value. Like, that was what they're looking for, experience and value. It's, it's such a hook side, such a hook side. Um, yeah, Dragons are interesting. They were so close. I, I, I don't mind what they've done because when you recruit like this and you look at this forward pack, the, po- the positive is if you've got no superstars, it's very easy to mould a forward pack then and mm. be like... This is who we are. Everyone get on board. No egos. Everything in check. And Hook's really good at doing that. And so the positive is, I, I think they could be a real handful for a lot of teams that are thinking they're going down playing, you know, a bottom four side and getting surprised of how gritty. Almost like a, a, a Sharks of yesteryear, you know, where it's just a fucking shit fight. Yeah. Not, not Premiership Shark, you know, yesteryear yeah, Sharks. Yeah. But like I, I come back to it again. I and I tipped them to finish bottom two last year. I thought wooden spoon. Last I year. thought well, after that charity shield game where Latrell played touch footy with them and just took the piss out of them for an hour and a half, I thought they would be right at the bottom. I, if the barbecue didn't happen, yeah, I think they can potentially finish seventh or eighth. Which still last year isn't overly impressive, mm. but they're a finals team all of a sudden. Yep. Have um, a look. Have a look at these fucking centres, bro. Zach Lomax, Moses Suli. Mate, the, the forward pack is, is well, you know, they're fine. The centre's a gun. You just, I think it just comes down to Ben Hunt playing 25 yeah. games. Ben Hunt and a six that delivers week in, week out. You know, like, for example, Amon is, is really, really good. But the test now will be, can he play structured footy and deliver week yeah. in, week out? Because Ben Hunt can only do so much to deliver the ball to Lomax, to Suli. Um but fuck, I mean, I mean, Matt and Max Fagai, uh, they are. They're guns. They're young guns. Um, Tata Moga on his day is a really good centre. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, There's I a heap of teams I'd rather play than the Dragons. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think yeah, the Fagai twins will probably play on the wing. I think, <laughs> yeah, the wing, they're, they're a little bit light on the wing. Um, Sorry, do, do, do you have Sully as a centre? For sure. Yeah. For sure. So Sully and Lomax and then the FIA guys. Where are the wingers? Just the page before. Page before. It's only Ravalawa and Ramsey. You know. Ravalawa has so much potential, man. He's a big body, good ball runner. Such rocks and diamonds, though. Yeah, he's, but he's got so much potential, yeah. I agree. So where do you put Moses Zembai on this side? I don't, to be really? honest with you. I, I, I think Moses is a great player. He's... Going to be a great guy to have in your squad. But I just, I need to get those three young guys into this side. I can't leave McCulloch out of it. I agree with you. Um, what's his name? Is not a hooker. Mm. I'm blanking. Sullivan. Sullivan. Sullivan but yeah. I've got to have him in this team. Because if mm. I don't, he's going to be playing for Redcliffe next year. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough, tough, yeah. Because he's, he's in NRL quality. And you need to get him in there eventually. Yeah. No but team I, is worse for having him by. Every team is better to have him by in their squad. I just think just, Moses will, you know, as a 14 at a club that's not in turmoil, he's got a bit of confidence behind him. He, you know, I think he could bring quite a lot off the bench for the Dragons. 
I just think he could bring a lot of mm. when they're so young around that spine. Are they, like they got Ben Hunt and it's McCulloch, yep. but it's six young, fullback young. I just think that you know. I even think that there may be a tiny chance that he, he could land a six role, a tiny chance. I would I would start a moan, but who knows? Like Hook Hook loves experience, like loves it. So you could even go a moan fourteen Moses six. Um, so you could, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does do it too, but I think you've got to get these young guys playing footy or you're going to lose them. For sure. And also, like, like you're not going to win a premiership this year. You know, I mean, if they do, it'll be one of the great, great stories. So why not begin that preparation for when you can, which is a moan. Fuck, I thought Mbai was older than 28, to be fair. That's what I'm... I, I, still, yeah, I think Mbai's got a lot yeah, to yeah. offer, man. I, I just think that he, at the Tigers... Madge was so not a fan of him, which is weird because he ended up being captain. But then, captain. But then, he was then there for they, three years and he was their captain. He didn't know what position he was. Yeah, and or, and then they pushed it like they wanted him gone. Yeah, um, and I just think it, the, the environment that he was there, how who did play well in that environment? Yeah, other than fair. Adam Dewey last year, I just think for a guy that was already established, Moses M by coming into that, he didn't even like he didn't even get a a long term shot at a position, you know. I think coming to the Dragons, Hook's going to back him. He's 28, man, 28. Plenty of footy left in him. If you were to build a football team around Moses and Bai in, in, a, in just a vacuum, mm. what position do you think is his best position? Probably a six. I think he's a six. I really do. I think he's a six. He's a good ball runner, solid defence, good ball player, definitely a good enough ball player. Mm. Uh, I think he's a six. I don't think he's the dominant half. I think you need Bruce Benny Hunt as the dominant half. I, I think he might pair quite well with Brucey and just give give Ben Hunt that little bit of space he needs to breathe so it's not as much pressure on him. Whereas, like, you put a moan in there, it's all on Ben Hunt. And don't get me wrong, Ben Hunt sped up, stepped up to the plate. He had one of his best years. Um, I, I'm undecided. I'm undecided. It depends what you're going for. Are you going for results now? Maybe you do put a moan at 14 and then just say to Mbai, you've got the first five games. If a moan comes on and kills it, it's his spot. Or if Sullivan's killing reserve grade, it's his spot. Um, or you put Moses Zembai on the bench and you say to Amon or Sullivan, you've got five games to see how you go. If you're struggling, we're going to put Embi in there. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I've got no idea what the answer is, it's to tough. be honest with you. How do you think Sewer's going to go? Um, yeah, I like Sewer. Um, I just I find it weird how Wayne Bennett fluctuated with him so much yeah one minute he was calling him tony carroll the next minute he wouldn't pick him in his 25 man squad yeah just it's a bit of a red flag for me but um we've seen him handle himself in the origin arena we've seen him you know he can be that don't fuck with me yeah second rower that you need but yeah i don't know does he start I think he starts. I think they. I think he's on a decent wicket there. I think he's a, a relative, probably their biggest signing. Really, I think he starts. I wonder if they get to a point where it is like. Oh, I, I think there will be a decision where it has to be: do we start Sewer or Jack Bird? Yeah, fuck. That's so I, I'm not sure if he does. I, I think he's in the 17 for Could sure. Could you play Bird at six? I was just about to say that, then I thought it just complicates it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, it's tough, man. Bird's like such a curse of being such a good all. Yeah, rounder. it's the same as Mbai, and I. I have people say you hate him by. I don't. I like him by, but he is really good at a heap of things, which is great. Yeah. But for me, he's not fantastic 
at a single thing, which isn't a versatility See, I thought, is great. I, ju- that I just think curse. that he was a victim of the Tiger situation. Before he went to the, you know, he's going okay, but uh, yeah, it's tough. I, I'm not sure. I mean, it was is. like it at Canterbury too. He's a halfback, he was a hooker, he's a fullback. What's the. Yeah. yeah. Um, versatility is such a curse. Yeah, times. it really is. Look at Connor Watson, for example. Far out. Um, now, onto the Rabbitohs. Average age is 26 in the second row, experience 77. Average experience in the props is 91. Average age is 26. Uh, hooker, average age 26. Average experience 85. Lock, average age is 25. Average experience is uh, 82. Fullback, average age is 21. Far out, Latrell's only 24. Fucked up. Fucking hell. Average experience is 45. Wing, uh, average age is 26. Average experience is 120. Center, average age is 23. Average experience is 26. Halves, average age is 24. Average experience is 50. Really interesting year. This is my biggest swing side. Biggest swing side. In the sense of like, you know, they, they could challenge for a premiership again. Mm. But also it could, it could start snowballing. You know, they start the season poorly. Dimitri's under pressure. The media is just lapping it up. Oh, my God. The Wayne Bennett factor. Adam Reynolds factor. Uh, I, think, I think that they'll finish top six. But I do believe that there is a, a world we live in where things start getting out of hand. I also think they could get out of hand and they could finish eighth, though. That's what I mean. For example, Cody Walker gets injured. Yeah, then you're in some serious Barney. Um very interesting side. I still think there's an argument that Adam Reynolds was still the most underrated player in the comp last year. Yeah. For what he did week to week. Yeah. And all the applauds, Cody Walk. Cody's a freak. He's a gun, no doubt. I thought about it was it. Adam Reynolds' best season. Aside, he got 100%. injured. He got, got injured at the end in the finals, but before that, I thought he was his best season. Yeah, but what he does doesn't show up on stat sheet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I still think Wayne's a bigger loss, though. It's a big loss, man. Big loss. I just. I'm so interested to see how they go. It could, they, it could be sweet, you know what I mean? It could really, who knows, the, the young fella coming in could really inject energy that maybe they didn't have there. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, any side with a Troll Mitchell in it is a fucking scary side. Any side with a 23-year-old Cameron Murray already played 100 NRL games. Uh, I think over the last few years, we've also been blessed with, not blessed, but I think we've got used to, because the Roosters and the Storm are in so many grand finals and Penrith, like there's a lot of teams before that that have made grand finals and then just gone, yeah, and all of a sudden shit the bed. We'll look at Raiders. Look at the Raiders. There's been a heap of sides that have done it. Warriors in the past. 2011. Yep, that are just they're on the radar and then they're gone. And it's the same guys, same troops. You lose a halfback. Yeah, I I I think they'll go okay, but I do I truly do believe it's it's there is a uh, a chance. For example, what if Tom Burgess goes down? These are props. Are Tom Burgess, Knight, Totola, Nichols, and Maoli. We'll say uh, he's young, but that uh, Davy Moali, mm. keep an eye on him. Yep, he's he's a very talented footballer. There's also another one, and um, someone was talking to me about him the other day, Maddie. I'm not sure if you uh, the fullback. Terrell is it? Ca- uh, apology for pronunciation. Kalo Kalo, eighteen years old. I was told the other day there's a chance that he could grab a starting spot. 
He's that good, apparently. In in what position? Wing or something? Swing or centre, yeah. Wow. They've obviously got a spot to fill with Gagai leaving. Yeah. Gagai's uh, another huge loss that we don't talk about. Loss, massive loss. The amount of times that he would just like bring them back together with a hard, tough run out of his own in is absolutely outrageous. He would get points. You know, you got to remember, Tank Gagai's been the tippity top centre for, yep. what, 10 years now? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know where my head's at with the Rabbitohs because it's some, such an unknown. I love, like, their back row is fucking fantastic. Um, Selly, Arrow, Murray. Um, Isn't Harm Selly underrated? Yeah, fucking oath. Um, uh, Koloma, uh, Koloma Tangi, Chikam, Host. Their back row is really fucking good. Oh, I think Cheekham's I think he's been underutilised his entire... Every time he came in for the Tigers, he killed it. I know, it's weird. He's won a couple of games off, yeah, off the top of his head as a second rower. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know what to say. I th- they're probably a little bit light in the front row. Um, if Tom Burgess goes down, like it's almost nearly as bad as if Cody Walker goes you down. Know what? It's all right to be light in the front row when Wayne Bennett's your coach. Yeah. Without Wayne, it's yeah, it's a bit of a worry. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I think still top six, yep. top six, um, but they've got a great roster still. They've got a great roster. And they've got enough stars in key yeah, positions sure. to be able to handle themselves. Yeah, you know, that, that Cam Murray Walker Cook combo is so fucking deadly. Yeah, so deadly. Um, yeah, I just the back row is really strong. Just a front row. I wonder who they got. If I was recruiting, I'd probably be recruiting in that front row there. I just think that they need maybe one or two more um, big boppers. If this Mawali kicks on this year, yeah. it'll solve a lot of problems. Okay. Whether he does or not, I Is don't know. Is he a know. big boy? Yeah, he's a very, I don't want to say pain harsh mould, but he's that sort of. So he's that big? Yeah, he's okay. big, tackle break. Yeah, okay. He's a, he's a big bit of gear. Okay. He's young, like he's 18, as you can yeah. see. Yep. Um, he's already played two games. Wow. Yeah, well, he was... Yeah, he, he debuted in that game that they had this year where it got delayed 24 hours or whatever. But yep. he's, yeah, he's he's a local guy. He was a Kuji Wombat. Yep. Um, very talented. It's going to be interesting. I think Havili was a good pickup for him. Good backup. He can yeah, play like 14. It. Yep. Um, I think he'll probably, he will probably jag that 14 role, him or, or Cheekam, but probably Havili because he can play in you know, the yeah. forwards. Dude, is Cook still an 80-minute nine for you? Yeah, yep. I think so. I think so. Until he proves otherwise, yeah. I think he's earned that. This Mama Zealous, very talented <coughs> yep. too. Isn't he? Hooker. Which is the guy that is is um, tips to get that seven role? Lachlan Ilias. Yeah, Lachlan Ilias. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. I think when they're full strength and Latrell's back, I think Taft's going to be 14. Oh, you reckon Taft will get 14 over Havili? You've got to have him in the team somewhere, don't you? See, I, I would probably go with Havili at, at um, 14. So you're leaving Taff out or you're playing him Yeah, I'm probably leaving him out, letting him develop, yeah, right, continue okay. to develop in, um, in reserve grade. How old is Taff? 22, plenty of time. Yeah. I, 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 um, yeah, I probably put Taff in reserve grade, play him at six or seven. Um, we know he can play fullback mm. and, and that way it kind of covers you if, if they're, just, they're really light in the halves. Yep. So I don't know. I just want him as much game time as possible playing in the halves in New South Wales Cup. The other one that'll be a smoky for round one is this Isaiah Tass. He's apparently very impressive. Oh, yeah. He's at the Broncos, I think. Things, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting that he's 22 and he hasn't debuted yet, though. Yeah. Um, Campbell Graham is so underrated. He's played 90 in our old games. 22. <laughs> Campbell Graham is fucking so underrated. Criminally man. underrated. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I personally would be – yeah. I understand, like, tough – if you were just looking at talent, I'd put him at 14. But if you're looking at, like, squad and what you may need or may not need, I think he actually gets more value playing 80 minutes in the halves in New South Wales Cup. Uh, whereas, like, playing 20 minutes here or there coming off the bench in hooker or whatever – that's not leading a team around. That's not. Whereas, let's say Lachlan Ilias doesn't kick on, they've literally got no one else to come in and fill that role. Uh, I will say this though: last year they did at times need a bit of Benji Spark at fourteen to come on yeah, and true. lift them. So, I, I personally, I would go with Taff. I think yep. you bring that little X factor off the bench. I like Havili, as you said, but I just think he's. If you're going to play Cook for eighty minutes, and I'm going to pick a second row on the bench, I'd probably rather have Cheekham than a Havili. Okay. But okay. Now I, I just thought Taff was so good last season. Yeah, he was good. So impressive. Absolutely, with the, especially with the pressure he was under. Yeah. Uh, now onto the Roosters. Uh, fucking what a roster! What a roster! Average age of their second row is twenty three. Average age of their front row is twenty seven. Fuck that is good balance. Average age of their hooker is twenty three. Average age of their lock is twenty four. Average age of their fullback twenty nine, but it's just named Tedesco. Average age of their wingers is twenty seven. Average age of their centres is about 24. Average age of their halves is 24. I mean, what a fucking roster. Angus Crichton, Satili Tupanua. I think Satili is going to have oh. the season. Fuck, he had some good games last year. I was having a look at, I think, Matty, if you can have a look, David Fafita off top of the dome, I think he scored 17 tries last year. Satili scored 12 with teenagers as halves. I was looking at Luke Keery's first two games the other day. So yep. Against Manly, who were awful at that stage, against the Tigers, Red fair right. enough. They scored 16 tries, 12 were down the right edge with clear on the field. Far out. The other two were under the stick. So right side, I reckon Joey Manu and uh, Satili are in for big seasons. And is, is Tupu on that right side as well? No, he's left. He's left. So that right side winger, you would have to assume, will be one of Kevin Aguama. Or Momorowski. Yep. I think it'll be Momorowski because they need a goal kicker. The person that I am super, super keen to watch in the Rooster system is one Renouf Atoni. Yeah. It's going to be a gun. He is going to be Sam Moa 2.0. He is a fucking big boy. Big athletic boy. At the Dogs. Showed a lot of promise. They're playing him 13. I don't think he's a 13. I think he's a prop. You know, it shit me the entire time at Canterbury. They played Adam Elliott in the second row instead of 13. They yeah. played this guy at 13 instead of in the front row. Yeah. They're both going to leave and do really well. Yeah, it's crazy. I just never understood it for the life of me. I'm like, do you not see the new game? Like, this guy's a beast. Like, and, and you he's could not tell he player. wasn't comfortable in the yeah, role. Yeah, he's not a ball player. He's a big, big athletic boy. I think he's going to be fantastic. I, re I really think he's going to add a lot to the um, their forward pack. Uh, Lindsay Collins, I can't wait for his return. I think that... He will ease out Hargreaves. I think we'll probably see a, a, a Hargreaves retirement in the next 24 months. Um, and Lindsay Collins will take that spot. Not to say that Hargreaves is... He's playing fucking almost career-best footy, honestly. Does he joke. get to 300? He's at 260. 24 months. Fuck. Two seasons. About uh, 20 games, games or yeah. something. 50. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You can only miss 10 of the next two. Yeah. So, yeah, basically... Still, though, to play the villain for 261st crazy. games. The way he's bashed his body up yeah. but still kept that aggression up is incredible. <coughs> um, yeah, I, I really, this roster is – I really think the Roosters are on here. I really think they're a premiership – like an absolute premiership threat. 
no doubt about it. I mean, look look at their they've got Nat Butcher, Egan Butcher, Fletcher Baker as well, all on the bench. Like they can't they can't even get a second row spot. Egan will be a kangaroo wonder. Like Angus Crichton and Satili Tupanua, you could argue they're the, that's the best back row in the comp. Angus Crichton, Victor Radley, Satili. Yep. Like fuck me. And then your front rowers are Hargreaves and Collins with Tokiaho coming off the bench. It is just a beast of a forward pack. Beast of a forward pack. I, I think that if they... I think for the next two or three years with this squad, every year they don't win a premiership is a failure for them to some sure. extent. Totally. They should be in a grand final. Yeah. This squad is outrageous. I mean, they've got four hookers. Sam Verrills, Connor Watson, Freddie Lussick, Ben Marshke. If Connor Watson can turn into the hooker that suits this game, he could be anything. And, and when we forget, Sam Verrills started the match to win the premiership for the Scored Roosters. Scored the first try. Um, they are just shockers. I mean, Victor Radley goes down. Oh, sorry, you got a placement with Connor Watson in the third. Like, it is just... Tedesco at the back, he never has a bad game. Tupu, one of the best wingers we've seen. Suwali is still 18 years old. Think about that. This kid, I think he's going to have a crazy... I think he's a great year. Um, you know, their centres, Suwali and Manu. Look at that. Just incredible. Just I mean, incredible. Mate, that's... Uh, yeah. I, I, Billy Smith. Kevin Naguami, you haven't got him in the side. I, like, Paul Momorowski, I There's a lot of talent in this side. Fuck it. If, if they're in serious trouble and they have to play Adam Kieran, he killed it every time he played too. Yeah. He, he, was, he came as a half and he's a gun centre now. Billy Smith, he's a freak. He just has, he's just been injured. Just needs to get a run, yeah. So you've got Tupu left wing. Who's your, you, you need to find a left centre and a right wing. And le- I'm putting Suwali in. I'm get, Suwali's yeah, got okay. a spot. He's the future. He and then to- do you, on the other, so are you playing him at right wing? Put him outside Joey or do you play him at left centre? Depending okay, had, a big day for his age. Depending, I bet he went all right at it when he debuted. He went all right at it. Yeah, twenty six weeks though, thirty weeks when um, he played for the Roosters. It's. I think. I think depends how he's training. It just. I'd probably put him on the wing to begin with because you've got such depth on that left centre, and then I'd probably either start uh, Kevin Nangama or Paul Momorowski. But I mean, it could be Billy Smith. Billy Smith's had some crack. Like his five games have been high quality. I, I think Momorowski will get a spot there because he's the best goal kicker in the squad. Okay. I think okay. he will get in there somewhere. He's a gun too. Momorowski's a fucking gun. I, I actually don't think they'll play Swali round one, to be honest you with you. You don't reckon he'll make that round one side? Not round one. I think as the season goes on, he will, but yeah. I, I think they'll ease him into it. I don't know. I, I just I watched him Talent last wise, year. he could be there. Yeah. I'm not arguing that. I just think they'll ease him in. I watched him last year, and I just felt he really did handle the contact really well for a young fella. Like, mm. he was 17. He didn't struggle for the contact at all. And I think when you've got generational talents like that, just get him in and get him playing footy. It's like, it's like you know, he, he's got the same hype as, like, Inglis had, mm. you know? Or maybe a little bit less because Inglis was absolutely dominating Queensland Cup. I also think Sawali, if he was at another club... I'd be like, yeah, yeah, get, get him in, get him experience. Yeah. But, mate, he's gaining as much experience Monday to Friday at this club mm. as he is probably fucking playing like it's... If he's physically ready and they, they believe he can the season and it's not going to batter him about, I, I put him in. I, th- I think he's just got so much upside. Like, he can, he can be their Latrell. Like in, yeah. in the, I, I, we haven't seen it yet. Latrell's actually done it. But that game-breaking outside back that they pair with Manu... Ooh. Tell you what always, and I know people don't like talking about the Roosters, and that's fair, but um, whenever I see their training pitches... looks intense. Oh, 
But but like you see you see Sam Walker like oh eighteen year old then you look in the background and Cooper Cronk's standing there yeah, you see Suwale and Brett Morris are standing next to him you yeah. see yeah. Egan Butcher and fucking Boyd Cordner standing next to him crazy their the whole system you see Teddy and Minicello standing next to him yeah. you just go on fuck. fuck yeah and the cheese is coming like you're next honestly year. getting better Monday to Friday than you are like just yeah, yeah and then you got to throw Brandon Smith in oh. uh, Jake Friend will be standing next to Brandon Smith yeah next yeah year. fuck it's just a yeah. There's, premier, there's a premiership in the next two or three years for these guys. Absolutely. Kiri's going to come back with a bang. Yep. And then um, in three years' time, all your front rowers will be standing next to Jared Rhea Hargrave, so he'll yeah. be there every day. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're a premiership threat, man. A real premiership threat. They managed to finish, what, fifth? With no one. With fucking decimation. Yeah, with journeymen and teenagers as halves. Yeah, it's uh, uh, crazy times for the Roosters. Crazy times. Now, Tigers. Is this the last team? Yes. Um, <clears throat> second row, average age 23, average experience 36. Prop, second, uh, their props, average age 25, average experience is 90. I like that. Um, hooker, average age is 23, average experience 36. Lock, average age is, yeah, average age, Alex Twaller is not a lock. I don't know why they have him down as a lock. Um, he's a front rower. Uh, average that's age how they play, unfortunately. Oh, hopefully they don't, hopefully they, they, they chuck Peach in there, yeah. but. Average age 27.5, age of experience 134. Fullback, average age 22. Wing, average age is 27, average, uh, average experience 100. Center, average age 21. Wow, for that many centers, geez. Uh, average age experience is eight. Halves, average age is about 25. Average experience is 73. What do you think about the Tigers? Um, what I will say, obviously, when you look at the centres, the average experience, 46, age 21, that's a bit of a rattling number. But, you know, Gildart's played a number of seasons over in England. Um, I think they'll play Adam Dewey at centre. I don't think they should, but I think they will. No, surely not. But he was the best player in their team last year and he still played him at fucking centre. Surely center. not. They can't. Now they've actually got someone that can play six in Hastings. I think they will. What about Hastings at 13? And two, he doesn't want to play third own. Doesn't want to make forty tackles. But then, then why have Peachy? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I understand where you come. The way from. that I see it playing out, Adam Dewey's out for the first six to eight weeks. If Matt, can you get the Tigers drop? They play the Storm round two. Now round one. After that, it's a pretty easy draw. Yeah. I think Hastings will, in that easier run, cement himself as the six. And then I think they'll bring Dewey back and I think he'll end up playing centre, right centre. He goes Storm, Knights, Warriors, Titans, Sharks, Eels, Rabbitohs, Dragons. Good start to the season, fuck. Other than I Storm. think they can be four and one until you get to the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and, nah. yeah I mean, uh, you throw in the fact that he's not fit because of his injury. Yeah, I can see him coming back in the centres. He was their best player. Fuck. By a country mile in the backs last year, and he moved him from six yeah, to centre. I couldn't believe that. Like, I honestly couldn't believe that. And they that. won that weekend. I would argue they didn't play fantastic, but it was a W. Yep. Stefano's the one for me, though. I He was so good. After he came out of that Origin camp, he just changed. Someone asked me to say Origin Smokies and finish up Wales. I sort of said, look, Pappy, Radley, maybe. I reckon he's the other one. Sure. He 100%. could make a debut. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, he was outstanding at the end of the year. Only 21 years old, big body. Reminds me, I hate to make the comparison, but he reminds me a lot of uh, Payne Haas. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, he was fantastic. I really do. Uh, look, I don't mind that. Like, I I think this this squad can sneak into the eight. Like, if they do everything right and they all get behind it, and Hastings is a player, and Luke Brooks plays as well as he did a couple of years ago. I think they could sneak in, um, but I'm probably. I think they'll land around that tenth. tenth Can I throw spot. another positional potential for you? Um, you mentioned playing Hastings at thirteen, mm. which I, I, I don't hate, but I, I, I want Peach there. It's blatantly obvious that Madge isn't happy with either of these hookers. He swapped and changed them all last year. Then he went and signed Appy. Yep. If you're going to bring Dewey into sixty, you potentially play Hastings at nine. Does he want to get through that many tackles, though, Hastings? I don't think he does. I, I think Hastings wants to be the dominant player. Oh, I'm, I know Hastings. Yeah, yeah he wants yeah. to be the guy. But do you play Hastings seven, Brooks at six? I actually would. I, I wouldn't. I would prefer moving Brooks to six to just say run, bro. Like just run. You got, you're a good ball player, but you're such a good ball runner as yeah. well. Yeah, I, 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 I think that this. Dewey injury will be a blessing in disguise for the first six weeks because I think it'll sort out a bit of shit and it'll yep. give up an opportunity for Hastings to really stamp himself on this team, which I, I think he will. Yeah. I think with the, the nine role, he's got to pick someone and just, you know, Little was touted to be, you know, a huge next big, well, not next big thing, but, you know, a, a big well, deal. He kind of was, though. Yeah. When he was young, he was like, mm. he, he did get a heap of injuries, to be fair. Yeah. Jake Simkin has got a lot of wraps on him. Uh, yeah, I think he's solid without being... Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. Appy's there next year. Yeah, it's true. So do you just go for the guy that has the experience because you want to get the wins? As in, like, you go for Little because he's played more games. It's more, you know, it's a safer bet at the moment. Yeah, I, I think so. But once again, you, you've got this problem the day that Dewey returns. Yeah. He's it's, your best yeah. player and you're playing him in the wrong position. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it just depends how good Hastings goes. It's a lot, a lot of pressure on Hastings because, like, Super League is, as we all know, it's it's one thing. And, mm. and you know, there are some top-tier clubs that are, are, are solid in Super League, but I do believe that Hastings... Um, I don't think he's going to be shocked, but I, I think that... At least with Hastings, though, he's been here before. And I know the game has changed. I understand that. But he has he has played in the NRL before. Oh, for sure. Like, but, he... like, he played at Manly and the Roosters. You know, yep. I, th- I think it's a – like, if he could, if he does manage to turn this Tigers around, it'd be one of the great redemption stalkers we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, coming into a Tigers – like, don't get me wrong, their off-season's been great. They've recruited really well. But let's not forget what happened last year. Like, it was oh yeah, and I'm not saying terrible. I think Jackson Hastings makes them a top eight team. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But I think they can improve with the guy. The oh, other one that signing, I think is sure. good is Jock Madden. Jock he Madden. He, he's another half. There's also another half back there who isn't on our list. He's got a double barrel last name. Uh, he might be in their reserve grade one. If you can have a look. Yeah, I can't even think of one of his. I do. I do believe Hastings is a great signing. Docker Clay, is he on there? Yeah, sorry, go. I was saying, I I do believe Hastings is a is a good signing. Absolutely, there's yeah. no denying that. I just think that he's got a, a huge task ahead of him. Oh, for sure, yeah. huge task. Far out. Brooks is 27. I thought he was younger than that. Well, he came through with Ted and Moses. Yeah, yeah true, true. Hastings still only 26. Wow, that's crazy. Um. Yeah, there are a couple of young guys there. Jock Madden, he's handy. This, this Zach Docker Clay played reserve grade last year. I think he's still there. Radio silence from there worries me. Though. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, I don't think he's in their top thirty, but he's he's 
in the reserve squad. That's a cool one, though. Yeah. Um, how do you think Gildart goes? Have you seen much of him? I just I, with Super League players, it's a red flag. It, it's not a red flag. It's just like until I see you in an role, I, I have no. I, I always get judgment. worried about outside backs from England. Yeah, I, like I, I have, um, I have no judgment, good or bad. Like I, I don't know. You, you may have gone great in Super League, but. Until you're in the NRL and I can see you playing in the NRL, that's when I can make it make a case for it. It also doesn't change those numbers, but um, obviously um, Stafford Towers joined since. Yeah, we published. I this. think he helps. I think he helps a lot to that backline. Yeah, definitely doesn't hinder it. Uh, I think Sean Bloor is really underrated. I thought he really was finding his own for a period there before. I think he got injured. Uh, I loved his battle with Nathan Brown. Was it either last year or the year before? He was um, he was like a New South Wales under twenties captain and everything. Oh, coming really? Through. Yeah. yeah, like he, yeah. he's a prop. Penrith were filthy to lose him. He's a young. So. Oh, well, I liked I liked what he had to offer. Uh, Luciano Leilua, uh going to be really interesting to see how he plays this year. I thought he was one of their better players last year, but after signing with the Cowboys and whispers that you know maybe an early release. Fuck, they got they got their Madge's got a an uphill battle to get the best out of Leilua because, you know, it's just when you sign so far out, you just don't know whether the player... Like, I'm not saying Leilua isn't going to be committed, um, but when there's this all this talk about releases, and you know what I mean? It just doesn't help the situation. And they're a club with enough fires. Absolutely. Without, yeah. um, uh, the one that I really like is Luke Garner. Yeah. When, he, when, yeah. He, when I saw him a few years ago, I sort of thought, oh, he's very mean potato, but the more I see him, the more I like him. Yep. Um... Yeah, look, I, I don't think they'll make the finals, but I, th- I do believe that if I'm the Tigers, and I say I'm the board and I'm speaking to Madge, I'm saying to Madge, we are preparing for next year. When Apicorisau and Papali'i get here, so whatever you need to do to create systems and partnerships and whatever, let's do that. Yeah, That's what I would personally be doing. You know, I, I would be putting a lot of stock in Dane Laurie. I think he was absolutely fantastic last year. I would be picking players, you know, around the fact that Papali'i and, and Appy are going to be there. Um, but they've I, had a good off-season. I think they want to finish this season with a clear idea. 2023, our halfback will be, but our 5'8 yeah. will be. I think they need to make a call on Brooks this year. Uh, and, and maybe it's all just smoke and, and, and all nonsense because Tim Sheen has come out and said, no, he's our half and, you know, stop carrying on. Um, but I, I think that as a club, like, I, they just got to make a call on him. Like, and he's got to – not even the club make a call on him. I think he needs to make yeah, a call as well. he needs to make well. a decision. He's but at a real he's crossroads. A, I, I, I think he's got so much ability, man. And, and yes – you know, he won Player of the Year this year, and some people don't agree with that. But a few years ago, he won the Dallium Halfback, halfback yeah. of the Year. And yes, he was in a side that wasn't that great. But he... I, he can play, though. He can fucking play. He's just... The Tigers, tell me anyone that's gone well since 2011 or something. If we walk out of this studio and look at our phone and it says Luke Brooks going to Canterbury, mm. like, I'm so much more into Canterbury all of a sudden. Absolutely. Him like with it, Burton? Yeah. I think it would be unreal. I think yeah. there's so many... If I walk out and Luke Brooks is at the Newcastle Knights, my stocks are a lot more high for Newcastle as well. Totally I think he's agreed. still got plenty more to offer. I, I totally agree. I think he's got much more to offer. So... Look, I think the Tigers have done fantastic, their recruitment. Just a rung below the Bulldogs. Yeah. But for them to be able to get, after the turmoil they were going through, to get Appy and Papali'i, I think it's a great get, and start for Toa. 
Well, apologies to Matt too. Staffatoa is on there. Okay. Missed him. He's in the wingers. <laughs> um, this little Bible you've come up with. That is it. That is the last eight teams done and dusted. Uh, make sure to follow the guru at Rugby League Guru on Instagram, uh, Rugby League Guru on Facebook. Subscribe to the Guru podcast on all good podcasting apps. Um, got anything to say? No, I think I'm done. You're done? Yeah. I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs>